What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Yahoo, uh, I don't know what, happy hour, the Yahoo happy hour, I don't know, whatever it is. It's always happy hour when we're on. We're running a little bit behind here, but that's just some technical difficulties. You guys are used to it. You're used to Dean every day on these shows. He don't know what he's doing anyway, so we're all right now. We got it a few minutes late, but we're going to get it. We got the hard-hitting good stuff here today. I'm joined by the legend himself. Big T got a lot of things to discuss. We can't we can't uh, shoot the breeze here too much because we're running. I need to know how your brackets are looking now. I mean, I had I got these balloons ready for you right here. <laughs> I mean, they'd be well, they lost, so I can't even use them. I mean, they went yeah, down. Man, yeah, that'd be an effective little thing right there if they'd actually beat Auburn there, man. But uh, I mean, we can't even beat Auburn with their best dude out. Like, I mean, come on. I, luckily, I had Auburn in my auction. My I was in a big auction and I had Auburn and Duke were my two big teams. So Auburn wins first and Duke, all they got to do is win. And I got two in the final four. They go down and it wasn't a good day for Big T. Lost Duke, lost Kentucky. Tough day in Brackettville for Big T. I mean, is there any bigger frauds than Duke? I mean, getting all these, they got three of the top 10 picks in the draft and they can't even get to the final four. Coach I'm K. embarrassed for Coach K, too. Like, we, we oh. could talk about this a ton more uh, when we have more time. But if, if this was Coach Cal and he's got three or four top 20 guys, like, you can't come up short like that. And Izzo just co- coached circles around him. They're up three with a minute and a half left. Izzo, timeout, layup, timeout, three-pointer wide open, like, just coaching circles around Coach K. Hey, it happens, but, you know, anyways, we're still alive, though. That's all good. Our brackets, our brackets of life are still, you know, good. And- I don't have no bracket. It, it, I, my, my, I, all my brackets are looking bleak, even the life brackets oh. after yesterday. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Anyway, <laughs> I, you, can't be, you can't be that bad if you're wearing that sharp Roto-Grinders hat, man. That's, that's some going to show. You can get that out on the – that's a golf course hat right there, man. That's, that's money in the bank, but – doesn't look as good as that sharp side, Brim. You got on. What do you sharp mean? Sides are, those sharp sides are money in the bank, man. I like what them. About that? Did you see that new Survivor promotion coming out on sharp side? Uh-oh, I didn't see it. We're going to have to check that out. Speaking of good promotions, guys, as always, uh, if you're looking for some good MLB content this year, look no further than Roto Grinders. All the good stuff. There's all kinds of – for me personally, my favorite would be reading the Cheese is Good article. Already. I know I know that's your, that's your boy right there, Cheese is Good. What's your favorite uh, thing you look at on MLB here on Roto Grinders, Big T? Yeah, I mean, the process is the same for me every day. I read that article. I look at the totals. Obviously, you always want to see the totals and the game stuff like that. So you read the article, you look at the totals, and you look at the pricing, and you got your MLB research. It's a little easier than the other sports. Who I mean, the NBA, yeah, the NBA is something that could take up a lot more time, especially, right? If you guys are still playing NBA, and I actually am playing NBA, but – Boy, that could be that could be a like raking your fingers across the chalkboard this time of year. It's, it's going haywire, especially today. And but we'll get into that later if we have time. We're going to kick off with some MLB. As always, guys, like and subscribe down here on whatever page you're looking at, YouTube or Rotogram, wherever you're looking from. Like and subscribe. It always helps out. So we got that out of the way. Now we need to get cranked up on some uh, baseball. We're pretty much focused on Yahoo pricing here. It's the same main slate on every site. So the nighttime games. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll jump on Yahoo, which is very similar to FanDuel with positions and, you know, all that good stuff. So I guess uh, the, the place I kind of like to look first is, is take a good look at the starting pitching, see if there's guys I can stack against down there at the bottom, see if there's guys at the top that I feel like I got to stick in my games. 
And today looks a little bit weird because the number one, the highest price guy on the board is David Price. Now, I know he looked good last year in the playoffs, but not a guy I've been turning to in fantasy for the last few years. Just hasn't really delivered. And, uh, you know, they got him at the high, as the highest price guy. That just tells you something about the slate here. So let's start off in this top, top range of pitching with Price and these boys. So what's your thoughts on spinning up at pitching today? Yeah, so like you said, David Price. Always, I'm going to pull up the the bat projections too. Our boy Cardi. Oh yeah, he's always he's always got these pitch, especially pitchers like for stacks and for offense. I look more at totals and stuff, but for pitching, I always trust my boy Cardi. We, we pull up his projections for today. You got David Price and Hendricks at the top. And neither one of them is projected in the top two, four, six, seven pitchers on the day, even though they're the most expensive. So it's easy for me kind of just to rule them out. I'm just not going to use them. I never liked David Price anyways, especially as a, even in the playoffs last year, I was stacking against him a bunch, even though it didn't work out most of the time. It's a big ballpark. I don't, I, I just think we eliminate those guys. I mean, you, you like any of those dudes at the top? As far as the salary was starting off with David Price, I don't like him. I, I, you know, I haven't played him in years and he's just not, I just don't think he has it anymore as far as being an effective fantasy guy, just doesn't strike people out. And back in when he was with Tampa Bay, he wasn't bad at all, but nowadays, not my guy, Kyle Hendricks, man, he's probably a really solid real life pitcher. I mean, I really couldn't tell you because I don't follow much of the Cubs, but for fantasy, Yo, he doesn't he doesn't get enough K's for me. And he's $45, second highest price on Yahoo. Yo, that doesn't do it for me. But then it starts to get a little bit interesting with this next wave of guys. Steven Matz, the Mets, you know, he's had his issues. Or he's a young guy, but I mean Miami, well, they're fielding basically a triple A team almost out there these days. So Steven Matt's kind of jumping off at $37 to me. What's your thoughts on uh using a little Steven Matz? Yeah, I, I like these days too, like, like this. I should say where we don't have to. Yeah, like, there's not just an obvious up. guy at the top, uh, like Max or, or these guys where you'd pay fifty or, or whatever the highest price price of the day is. But in here, you got all these guys in this range, like Matt, Strom, Caleb Smith, Newcomb. I mean, we'll get even Urias. I, I think, even though I don't love the pitch count, but all these guys in this same same range where they're all projected pretty similar they're all in pretty similar spots but yeah I mean Miami is going to be good to pick pick on all year I mean you got Matt's 37 bucks projected right there with anyone on the slate so I definitely like him a ton and then you look at like so we, we look at the spread you got Matt's minus 130 on the road seven and a half total against Caleb Smith everything checks out for me I mean there's nothing in that matchup that I wouldn't like some of the, I always like to go with the dog in that matchup too. You got a good park, low total, going against the Mets who suck at hitting too, and you got Caleb Smith is just a short dog, going to be less owned I would think than Mats because people don't ever want to play the underdog even though it's only minus one thirty. Like the the spread opened at one fifty, it's down to one thirty. Everyone's going to play Mats. It's basically a coin flip game. I mean, slightly the other way, but. Caleb Smith to me at what is he 32 bucks five dollars off I like him just as much if not more yeah it's interesting I, I'm, I'm with you as far as the the slate 
I don't like the days where you got to jam in the high price guy because it just that's what everybody's telling you to do. All the smart people. I don't like. You know, it's never a com- comfortable feeling fading uh, a max or somebody like that. But they, they, that's they, the hard part too, like you said. Like so, even if you say you don't want to play him. He goes out and strikes out twelve dudes. You're drawing dead, basically. If you do play him and he's thing, like I, I don't, I, I agree. Like it's it's better these days because the the ownership's going to be spread around too. Yeah, and we can we don't you don't you don't have to you can you can stay pretty low. So we're going to stay in this range right here for now. Just as far as the price tag is concerned, the next guy up is Sean Newcomb. Uh, that that Chicago Cubs offense probably has a little bit too much thump in it for me to really seriously consider Newcomb too much. I don't know what, how, how do you feel about it with Newcomb. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's interesting that the, that the spread is is what it is. Like, you got basically a coin flip minus one eleven. You got a low total at eight. I, it feels like these two teams. I know Hendricks is a pretty good pitcher, like you said, even if not fantasy. And Newcomb could take the next step this year, so it makes sense that it's an eight. But both of these offenses feel like they could pound these guys around a little bit to where it's almost a sneaky offensive game for me, even though the two pitchers are pretty good. Uh, So I'm definitely, I mean, with all these pitchers on the slate, I I don't want to pick on the Cubs or Atlanta for that matter with with these two guys, even though the the total does look low. So, I mean, is it, it's 60 degrees too. It's not even that cold. I mean, they're getting an awful lot of respect from the odds makers, aren't they? Yeah. Seems like it, but, uh, I don't know, man. That that is sixty degrees, though. Doesn't Think it of, feel low though? Eight or is that? Am I wrong on that? It feels low. Uh, that me. does feel a little bit low for those offenses. I, I agree with that. So, uh, speaking of weather, though, man, sixty degrees out there. But I mean, what's the temp? What's the temp like in your in your neck of the woods? It was freezing yesterday. Can you but this? We're in April. We're in April, man, and we're freezing, man. What's going on in this world? I don't know. We do. We need to. We need to get something figured out here. But <laughs> this is crazy stuff. I'm not used to this. But uh, I had to wear a jacket this morning to take the kids to school. This is. I still got my jacket on right here. It's 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 nibbly out there. It is, man. But uh, next up on the board, thirty seven dollars is a guy called Matthew Strom. Now, it's a fresh Major League Baseball season. It's overlapping with NBA. So a guy like me gets kind of crossed. I get like mixed up in so many different. We got March Madness. So. A guy like Strom kind of flies under the radar for a guy like me who's not 100% closed in on it. But as I pull up some things on RG today, I'm looking at the uh, consensus value rankings. This guy's at the top of the charts. I'm looking at some other things. This guy's way up there. Matthew Strom for San Diego taking on Arizona. Very highly recommended by Cheese is Good. If you click over the little icon here on the lineup HQ, he's going to give you a little write-up what he says about uh, Matthew. It's really good. He's got a couple of these circled dots next to his name, which is a good thing for uh, MLB or whatever. So Matthew Strom, now Arizona, I do know they have a shell of a lineup from what we've seen in the past. So I know we can attack them. But uh, what's your thoughts on Strom? Was this a guy you were eyeballing, or are you just kind of following like everybody else? Going, all right, this guy, this guy's getting heavy recommendation today. It's just funny listening to you. It's it's why we always we enjoy doing shows together because when you say stuff, it's just it's my same process. Like early in the year, we got all the sports all weekend. We're watching hoops. Obviously, I mean, I'm not sitting there watching full baseball games during March Madness. I mean, I'd be lying <laughs> if I said that to the people. 
So when we get to Monday, we know we got a baseball show. We know we're going to play the baseball slate tonight when we're, I mean, always. So we're going to check out the content. I mean, that's what's great about working with other talented people. You pull up the bat, you pull up, you pull up Cheese's article and you check it out. Like, I don't know anything about this Strom dude, but I know Cheese loves him. I know he's projected as the highest pitcher on the slate for the bat. So instantly he's one of my favorites against a terrible Arizona lineup. I don't need to know more than that early in the season. Like As the season goes, sure, we start to know all the pitchers and the players, and, and we can do more on our own as far as projecting it by ourselves, and we'll be better for that. But early in the year, you got to trust other people. We don't have enough time in the day with kids and other things to really dive into every single pitcher, every single lineup. I mean, at least I know I don't. Well, you got to trust these people. If he's projected yeah. number one on the bat and cheese loves him, Here's the thing about me. I'll take my chances. I could have all the hours in the day to devote. (laughs) The thing is, how much am I really going to be looking at baseball? Like, and the thing is, you got Cheese is good and you got Derek Carty, just two guys, for example, and there's many more out there. Those two guys do baseball year round. I mean, they're following this stuff all year round. Well, how how am I ever going to get more knowledge than those guys? So I'm going to lean on them. They're not hard times right now. And that's fine. There's nothing like everybody out there watching is probably in the same boat. You're not doing baseball 24 7, 300 days a year like those guys are doing. So we can lean on them. It's a good lesson, too, like, because we're good examples of that. Like, we're still going to play the slate. We're, we're going to learn from other people. And I mean, we'd be lying if we said we're not one of these people that are like, Oh, I put 37 hours of research into the four games late. And then like, we're not, we're just not going to say that. Like we're going to attack it. This is how I'm going to play the slate tonight on multiple sites. Like it's just what we do. So, so it's a good lesson for other people. Yeah. So Strom coming highly, highly recommended. Not a guy I was eyeballing before today, but uh, I certainly know his name now. And I'm going to give these other guys the benefit of the doubt. And I'm probably going to play him at some point on, on a team or two. And just to take it one step further, too, you, just to, to throw it into kind of our research, too, he's in a good park for pitchers. He's minus 160, and he's seven and a half the total. So he literally checks every box you could want. I mean, there's no – you always want to check that. Like, because you don't always have to agree with Cheese or the bat. Like, say they loved him, and I come in here, and he's whatever, not that big of a favorite at home, and he's maybe it's a nine total or something, then maybe you don't have to go with it. But – try to check all the boxes yeah agree with that so everything's looking good on him so he's a guy we're definitely could consider and eventually here i'll put together a little yahoo baseball lineup and enter it in the big 20 dollar tournament with a very limited rake the rake over there is much lower i don't i don't think it's rake free tonight but it's it's a good rate it's the best rake you're going to get out in any big tournament across the industry so we'll build a lineup in a little bit but let's just run through some pitches first next up on the list 30 35 dollars off the dodgers Whew. Okay, the thing about the Dodgers is sometimes they get you, man, because you, you got high hopes for these guys, and then they pull them so early they don't get to reach their full potential. But Julio Urias tonight, man, I know this kid's a star in the make. I know he's a stud. It's just a matter of will he get pulled early enough to make us regret playing him? Do you have any leans on taking a Dodger pitcher like Julio Urias tonight? Yeah, it's just exactly like you said. He's super talented, K upside. He's a guy we've known for a while. I mean, he had a bunch of big innings in the in the playoffs last year out of the bullpen. I mean, the guy's a stud. You just he's probably not gonna go deep, especially early in the year. We know that. But 
on the other end, he's going against maybe the worst team in baseball. Just no pop in the lineup. Good park. He's minus 200. He's a seven and a half total. He's another guy. There's going to be a ton of these pitchers today that check all the boxes for me. I mean, there's seven or eight guys that are basically the same play for me tonight to where I think they get us like 20 fantasy points range. He's one of them. I mean, I think even if he goes five innings, I think he could strike out eight and not give up many runs. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably not my favorite just because of the upside. I mean, I don't think he goes more than five or six innings. but in that five or six, I think you get a win, and I think you get a bunch of strikeouts. So he might have the highest floor, even though the innings aren't aren't what the other people could be. San Francisco yeah. is going to be awful this year. Awful. Hey, when your when your best hitter is Buster Posey, you got issues, man. You got some major major issues. People going. still play this guy. Like I look at people's lineups this weekend. <laughs> How are people still playing Buster Posey? Like, give me a break. I don't know, but uh, I do know that's a bad team out there. So, yeah, I think we could take advantage of that. But I think you hit on a good point tonight there. I don't think there's a game. I don't think there's a slate breaker from the pitcher position tonight. So we can mix and match. And that's the, that's the, best, that's the best slates in baseball. When you can just mix and match all your starting pitching and not have to worry about some dude running out, like you said, striking out 14 batters with a, a complete game like Max or Verlander or somebody like that. We can mix and match tonight and get away with it. All we got to do is nail our stats. So Uriah is definitely on the board. Next up, a guy I'm looking at, Peacock. Man, you know, I'm, I'm an Astros fan. I know this guy's pretty nasty sometimes. Come out the bullpen last year, but now they need him in the, as a starter. It's at Texas. That stuff right there doesn't really check our boxes, but, you know, you never know. He's only $34. Any interest traveling to Texas and grabbing a guy like Peacock? Yeah, and then I agree with you, not, not on a slate like this. I mean, there's there's literally two, four, six, like seven or eight guys that I like a ton, ton tonight. So, I mean, I don't really want to go to a park that, even though this time of year it's not as hot as, as midsummer when the ball's just popping. It's downright freezing here in Texas, man. Yeah, what, is, what is the weather seriously today? I mean, uh, 64 right now, That that's freezing, though, for, for Texas. Yeah. Like, it's 100 in the summer, so. Yep. So yeah, it's a, it's going to be interesting. Listen, the thing about Peacock, I, I think there's some upside there if he had some innings, but I don't think he gets the, inning. I think we're looking at five innings max. Chief's in there talking up Peacock. Big chief. Hey chief, you know, he, he, he hits him some GPPs here in baseball. So I just don't, I don't know. The, chief the isn't winning no GPP with Peacock. Come on. Benefit chief. of Peacock. Well, you will if he, if he just ends up on the roster that has the two dynamite stacks. Then you'll win with Peacock. I don't think he's any any worse than some of the most of these other guys. He's just not any better. He's just not doesn't have the upside with some limited. Peacock sucks. He can he can get go out there. I think his limit though is five innings. That's where he's, that's where I'm going to draw the. Yeah, P, Peacock socks. Don't be politically correct here. You're allowed to go. Out. Chiefs are boy. We can still no, get up on him. Peacock's no. my boy. He's an Astro. I gotta say, that's he's okay. Just, you gotta let him go. He's just a bullpen guy. So I just I just don't think there's the upside there right now. Maybe if they extended him, sure. But right now, no. But let's go on here. So the next guy, okay, <laughs> Tampa Bay. Ryan Yarbrough. Here's the thing about Tampa Bay. I don't know who's going to be the guy who just pitches the one inning and is then gets eliminated or I don't know how that works right now. I'm not, I'm not following Tampa Bay enough right now to, uh, yeah. to like take a chance on that. So for me personally, I know the way they handled their pitchers last year is going to be similar to this year. I didn't like it. So 
Tampa Bay guys almost automatically get scratched off my list pretty early just because they can do some very weird stuff and they can do things at the last minute that screw everybody over. So a guy like Yarborough is not on my, on, on my radar, but uh, maybe, maybe you could talk me out of that. Yeah, no, th- this is another good example about this slate, though. Like, we got all these pitchers I keep talking about that I like. There's no reason to really gamble on Yarbrough, I don't think. Like, just exactly what you said. There was at least two or three times last year where I thought a guy was going to come in, and he just never came in for Tampa Bay, so I ended up getting a zero because whatever the reason was, some other guy pitched good for a few innings. They They scored a bunch of – whatever the reason is, he's not – a hundred percent coming in next. You just don't need it on this slate. You, you could play Yarbrough on a slate where maybe there is a stud on the slate. Max Scherzer's on the slate or somebody, and you come back with him as a SP two, as more of a tournament play. Like you just don't need it on this slate. There's so many guys in the same price range that are gonna score points for sure. Like they're coming in to start that game. Don't play Yarbrough on this slate. I don't think. Yeah. I agree. So next up, 32 bucks, Caleb Smith pitching for Miami. I guess the New York Mets, you already talked about him and how you like him. So we're going to keep him on our radar. And then I think that's kind of the cutoff point to where after that, we start to get into guys that I'm just not, I don't think. Yeah, I've got another guy you're going to like for okay. sure, Mr. Reed Foley. Like you definitely oh, like him. You know what? I had some issues with him this morning. He wasn't, he didn't even have a salary. On Yahoo. Uh, on FanDuel, he didn't either. I think FanDuel, he didn't have one. Yeah, FanDuel, he didn't have. So, I do agree. If he has a salary on Yahoo, talk to me about Sean. He's, he's stone minimum, 2500 is what I – I think that's stone minimum at least. He's only 25 bucks though. He's projected for 19 fantasy points according to the bat, which is basically only a point or two less than the top pitcher on the slate. You look at the – so we come over here, we look at the spreads. He's minus 170 at home against Baltimore, who's just terrible. He's going to be – I mean, he's going to be chalky just because he's stone minimum, but it's tough to fade a guy that's stone man as a 170 favorite against a terrible offense, right? Yeah, I agree. He Actually, he was a guy who was on my radar, but uh, I kind of drifted – how does FanDuel not have a guy that's minus 170 yeah, in their morning, But you're right. This guy, Stone Cold Minimum, is definitely a guy. And by the way, if that's a pretty good projection on the bat, you got to try. I trust uh, Derek Cardi like that. Now, Derek, if you're out there watching, I need my comp to the bat, man. Come on. Where's my complimentary <laughs> bat package? Dude, I'm talking you up. Hook a brother up, man. But, yeah, that's a guy I definitely got on my radar. So let's think about that one. Uh, and then the guys in between them. Chris Stratton, Smiley, Hernan, anybody in that that lower range right there that you're looking at saying, all right, that's a guy, that's a guy we can get on, or are these guys going to be potentials to stack against? Yeah, for me, I think that's the cutoff. I mean, there is a few guys in there that, I mean, like the Kelly dude from Arizona is stone minimum also. He's projected decent, but you don't need to play two minimum guys. I'm going to play Reed Foley over guys like that. So, I mean, just like we do with all sports when we do these shows, like I'm just not going to spread as wide as people like Dean. I'm not going to play 10% of every dude. I'm going to limit my player pool. If my dudes don't get it done, I'm just going to move on to the next day. So I think that's the cutoff for me. I mean, there's still 
like I keep saying, six or seven guys at the top I really like, so I'm not going to roll the dice on any of these other dudes. Okay, so with that being said, that's kind of a quick rundown on pitching. Now, I need to fill out two for a Yahoo team. I think the first one is going to be the stone minimum guy and because I like to load up on offense. So I'm going to look this guy up. Yeah, he's right there, 25 bucks. So the second pitcher is going to come from that range right right below the the elite guys or the high price guys. Give me a give me a thought here, man. What are we who are we rocking? I mean, uh, Strom Strom's getting a good write up from everybody today. There's Urias. Give me your thoughts on which one should I plug in here? For me, I mean, I think Strom. If I was playing cash games, Strom would be the guy for sure. Oh, just because tournament, my friend. This is tournament. That's what. So that's what I was leading into. Like I think, like we talked about, I think Matt's is going to be popular too. But I like going with the dog in that game. The the number two projected guy on the bat is Caleb Smith. He's projected only slightly less than Strom. But the ownership ownership wise, he's going to be way less because he's a dog. I'm trying to see if they got. I don't know. I don't think we have ownership on here. But and he's five dollars cheaper. Everything about Caleb Smith is a good tournament play to me. Is there anything you can talk me out of with him? Caleb Smith, no, not particularly, but uh, my question would be, it's only a $5 difference. I don't know if I'm going to need that savings because we're already taking a men's salary, guys. So I just, who's got the bigger raw projection there? Is it, is it's it basically the same is what I'm saying. Like it's, okay. you got Strom at 21.06. You got Caleb Smith at 20.69. So it's basically the exact same projection. So we're talking about virtually identical projected performance and a guy who's going to come in one guy looks like he's going to be pretty heavily owned because everybody's talking him up strong yeah that guy's going to be owned not at all because he's a dog in a game for a bad team so we'll roll caleb smith if i need to fix it later even on. if it this is another good example though i think for baseball tournaments i don't think we, we don't need to spend the salary in baseball there's so many times where we should just leave it like even if we could go up like i just think i don't even worry about salary What's your thoughts on that? Like, you don't – do you worry about it in baseball? No, I've uh, made plenty of teams last couple of years. I used to worry about it, but the last couple of years with the stacking, the stacking changed everything. You know, you don't have to – like, you just want to get the your top hitters from particular teams in there. Not top, Like, if I'm worried about, like, trying to maximize and take a trout and Mookie bets and all the superstars spread out, yeah, then I'm worried about salary. But we're talking about stacking – we're pretty much limiting ourselves to like two teams. You're going to leave money on the table in a lot of cases and you got to do it. And it's fine to do that. Don't try to get cute with it. And One of the worst things I think people can do in tournaments and baseball, say you get to the end of your team today, you got your full stack of something and you you have an extra, whatever it is, 10 bucks or something on Yahoo. And you take out one of your crappy guys in your stack, like whoever it is. I mean, as we go through the stacks, you'll see somebody, but. Just say like Rowdy Tellez from Toronto. He's he sucks, but he's in your stack. Instead of playing him, you go up to JD Martinez or a good player to make your team look better because you have the salary. But what you're losing is all that leverage. You're losing your stack leverage to where if that guy hits two bombs and no one has him and he's in your stack, you're gonna win a tournament. Whereas you play JD, other people are gonna play him like it sounds crazy on the surface to play freaking Rowdy Rowdy Tellez over J.D. Martinez, but if it's in your stack and it's lower owned, 
I just think you're killing yourself. And there's nothing worse ever than stacking Toronto, getting rid of a guy and going up to JD. JD goes 0 for 5, and the dude in your stack hits two bombs. Like, you're, you're going to be sick. Yeah, you're stacking for a reason. You're stacking not for the team. You're stacking because you're going to attack that pitcher. So, 100%, you can't you can make those. You got to Steve. You got you got to stick to it. That's all. That's all there is to it. That's what you're playing. I think playing. that dude hit a bomb yesterday too, didn't he, Rowdy Teller? He probably did. He wasn't in. I think house. he did. <laughs> He's. I, I had all the guys who didn't do anything for Toronto. He did had a bomb yesterday. I just looked it up. <laughs> Classic. Anyways, let's go to. All right. So now we're going to talk about hitters. Like I'm not a. Uh, sit down and look at the uh, all the different metrics, you know, for hours a day at a time, guy. But what the first thing I like to do when I'm looking at hitting is crack open this here Vegas odds and lines page and click on the team totals and see what's what jumps out here. And, uh, you know, what the bigger team totals and who they're taking on and what ballpark they're in and, and try to find try to find me a stack that way. Now, ownership on stacks can get a little tricky because ownership typically – talks about individual hitters, not stacks. But, you know, we're changing some things up at RG. You can get some stacks. And if, if you look at Britt Devine on, on Twitter, he's got some he's got some ownership information there on stacks every day. He kind of puts it out there and shoves it in your face. But, you know, anyway, it's it's okay. You can look at it and, and get the gist of it. So let's look at some stacks here we can take. I want to start off at the top of the projected runs but by Vegas here, Vegas projected runs. Houston at Texas against Drew Smiley, left-hander. Give me some thoughts on on the Houston uh, scenario here. I'll pull up their lineup on the RG page. Why? Give me some thoughts on some Houston guys. So just in general for baseball, like obviously as the year goes, we'll get more into strategy with everything. But in general, I don't like to play the top top lines every single day, like the top lineups. I just don't. I don't know. Like especially in this spot, we already talked about it. In Texas, sure, middle of the summer when it's 105 degrees and the ball's flying out of the park, it's a little different. But tonight we got a, I mean, you're looking at the total. It's a nine and a half total, but the juice is on the under. I just don't want to play a chalk team in this spot. Sure, Houston is great against lefties. They got all these righties they can line up. I just, I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. It's fine. And everyone's going to play it. That's another factor. Like with these cheap pitching tonight, everyone can fit more of these big stacks in there, but it's just going to make them more popular. I'm not overly excited about Houston in this spot, but they're going to be chalky for a reason. You can fit them in. It's a good matchup against a lefty. Smiley's had good starts though at times. I mean, he's shown good stuff at times. I think he could limit them a little bit. I don't think we have a Houston lineup yet unless you've seen it, but I'm sure they got all these righties at the top that, that could do some damage. Torinos was a nice pickup to, for him too as a catcher, but I don't know. I'm not that into Houston. What do you think of them? You know, I've seen Houston uh, let, let me down enough over the last couple of years with stacking them. And then they go on these hot streaks sometimes and the whole lineup's hitting. So you got to be aware of that. But early in the year, they don't look like they're on much of a hot streak out there in Tampa Bay. But what I will say about them today, man, I don't think there's a better like six through nine, six, seven, eight, nine that you could get in any team tonight. I mean, this is the, if you're going to stack Houston, I think that's where you stack. Maybe. See, now, you're, now you're just getting me excited. Cause I mean, I've been preaching this for the entire time I've done MLB content is 
one of my favorite things to do, I just talked about how I hate playing the chalk stacks, but one of my favorite things to do is play the chalk stack, but play the bottom of the lineup. You always get these guys low owned. I mean, I don't like this spot today that much, but if I was going to play Houston, like another thing that, that you that you should take this even further is again, back to the max example, but say Max and Verlander or whoever are on the slate, big pitchers. That's when I really love to go to the bottom of the lineup, play your stud pitchers with bottom of the lineup of the chalk teams. And yeah. it's just, just a straight print factory. This, with would be, this would be perfect. If there was a big, a big star yeah. pitcher on the slate, because down at this bottom, you're looking at probably a lefty killer in Marisnik Torino. So you can lock up your catcher spot with a lefty killer, Tyler White, 10 bucks on Yahoo, another lefty killer. They got some good guy, but you know, I don't know if we're going to need that salary, but I do. That, that's a good bottom of the order stuff. So I'd probably avoid the top of that order and go bottom of the order, but it's just crazy too. In baseball, like people just don't like, you'll see Springer Altuve in general, you'll see them like 40%. And then you'll see the guys at the bottom, like 5%. And yeah. in baseball, it just shouldn't be like that. Like, Anybody can do damage on that night. It just shouldn't be that big of a difference. I think really people shouldn't. mistake why they stack. All right. Yeah. You stack because for the bottom point, the bottom dollar on stacking is you need that pitcher to have a terrible game. That's what your whole thing because you're trying to win a GPP by stacking. You're not trying to min cash or win your cash games by you're trying to win a GPP. You need a 10 or 11 run game. That doesn't happen every night for every team. That pitcher's got to be bad, man. He's got to get out of that game early. The bullpen's got to come in and be bad. When that happens, everybody's on board for big performance. The bottom of the lineup is on board, too, for big performances when that happens. So, yeah, you can grab some of those guys. that You don't, you don't have to stack one through four every time. That's kind of like defeats the purpose of the stack. But we move on. The next, on the next, next team up is Toronto taking on David Hess. Man, I, I had just about enough for Toronto this weekend. Uh, I played a little bit this weekend to get things cranked up. And <laughs> they look they got some nice names in there, some good young players. But, boy, they did not deliver at all. So, what's your thoughts on Toronto real quick? Yeah, I mean, Toronto, they played Detroit, obviously, this weekend. They were chalky every day because of these high totals and bad pitchers. Had a lot of issues out there. I could just can't score. But that tonight, again, they're going to be popular again. It's tough. This is a much tougher spot for me than than the Houston spot, just because we don't really have any super high great spots tonight as far as totals and lineups. So if you throw out Houston and you throw out Toronto, you're kind of in a little tougher of shape where you you don't have as much. So I definitely want some Toronto exposure. And another nice thing, though, I keep talking, it's just so much game theory with baseball. I mean, as you watch our shows, me and Chop throughout the year, we think a lot of the same lines as far as this. But just to take it a step further, again, we got cheap pitchers already, like Chop said. Toronto is super cheap on Yahoo. Like, how much salary are we going to have left if you plug? Just pl- just for example, can we plug in, just say we go one through five. Just how many, can we stack five or six on Yahoo? Five. For sure, five? Yes, we can stack five five batters on Yahoo for sure. Just to see what we got to work with here. Let's just plug one through five in just for an example. Oh, no, we got my boy Freddie Gallus in the nine hole, though. We might need to get him in there. That guy's a hero. He is. I, I noticed that this week, and they've got a really good uh, – yeah, 
yeah, really good bottom of the order there they got going on out there. So, so we got, I mean, we might have just like crazy salary left, which is good though. Like I don't, if this team has the most upside on the slate, which I think they do, we have two cheap pitchers already. If we plug in these dudes and have tons of, and leave salary, like I think we have more upside than people that are just going to play the stars in these spots. Who's your, who's your five favorite Toronto guys? All right. Let me see here. Uh, me. I mean, we definitely need McKinney. We definitely need Smoke. Oh, man. Let me see here. We definitely need – I mean, no, we definitely need Rowdy after I talked about him. We're definitely playing him. All right. Okay, against a right-hander. Got it. I think Smoke Monster's got to be in there. We got to play Rowdy, though. We can't. Yeah, we got after we talked about Rowdy, it. Rowdy, Rowdy, tell us. We just hit a bomb in. yesterday, and he's min price. No one's going to play him. We got to play Rowdy. Okay. Is he's stone man. Is this the stack we're looking at, then? Do you want to you want to commit to a little yeah. Toronto action? All right, let's commit to Toronto, then. I mean, we're going against David Hess here. We're going to pound that dude around. You're a fan of Billy McKinney, then? I think McKinney, just because we got lefty-righty. We okay. got... The one hole, like I said, I really think by playing two cheap pitchers and two in this cheap stack, and we're going to play Rowdy over Smoke. No one's going to do that tonight. Okay, I got – I think oh, we're on to oh. something here. I'm about to enter this team in there. Wait a minute. We get uh, – we got Tellez and Smoke Monster at the same position. That's, what, I, that's what I'm saying. We can't play Smoke. We got to throw oh, Smoke God. out. Smoke out. All right, you want to get Smoke out. All right, I can live with it's that. It's going to be even crazier, though. This is another example, though. I don't think – anyone's going to play Rowdy when you can just play Smoke with having the salary. Rowdy's going to hit us a bomb tonight. All right. Who's who's next? On? I don't want to do Drury, so I don't think there's that. We can't play Smoke. Gritchick is there. I mean, we need Freddie, too, for sure. We got to play Alves at the bottom of the order is going to be a good leverage play. Let's get and then the, Whoever your next two favorite are, Rowdy, Freddie, McKinney, and then I guess two – Whoever your next two – I mean, My I, I don't mind guys. Drew. Just because we want at least one outfield spot open. Maybe one outfielder and then uh, I, want, I want Guriel in there. Let's get well, Guriel. Now you're just getting me excited. And then the last the last spot would be uh, – that's four of them. Then one, two, three. Yeah, that's four. Then the last one would come down to uh, Drury, Teoscar Hernandez – Drury kind of sucks. Leave Drury out of there. He sucks. Hey, it's Hernandez, or you lock up your catcher spot with Danny Jansen, but I don't let's know. Let's not waste a stack spot on the catcher either. Let, let's play. Let's play Teoscar or Gritchick. Let's go Teoscar. I think he's a little bit better. Let's do it. Man, that, oh my goodness, dude. We're, we got too much more. We got to have 26 bucks per player left over. We're, that's going to get us a chance to do whatever we – you know, there's a lot of things you can do with this. Now, you can leave the money on the table. Or we could find a, a, an expensive three-man stacking or four-man stacking, just load up. Like, there's a lot we could do with this right here. I don't know what you I mean. Yeah, I mean, so, so this is where it comes down to kind of the direction you want to go. We can play whoever we want now. What did you say we had left, 31 or Now 20? we got 31. Now, yeah, I forgot to put Hernandez in there. We got 31. Oh, man, we're – yeah, we got 31 bucks for three spots. We can literally play now, whoever we want. We could play. We don't have to stack these next three guys. These next three yeah. guys could be just our three best hitters that we like on the night period. And 
And then you just hoping that your five-man stack comes through and then your other guys one off a home run. That's very possible too. Or you can find your best three-man stack to put in there. There's a lot you can do with, with this uh, lineup right here. So what's your thoughts on how how would you finish this lineup off if this was yours? Would you Are you a go out and get the stars now and, and play the best? Because there's some very, very good players tonight at third base and outfield that we can just load up on. Or yeah, we can try so another three-man stack. So one one of my one of my favorite things to do in baseball too is if I like say I love three plays in a night, doesn't have to be cheap, expensive, anything. Like I'd play those three on every team and then stack around it. Tonight those a little more difficult where I don't necessarily have three plays that like stick out a ton. But if we're building a team like this, I mean Trout is clearly like the top play he's always going to be high owned on this slate which kind of sucks because then we're playing toronto high owned trout but we can kind of get different in other spots so i mean i think we lock in trout and then kind of i mean we're going to be different too by playing freddie galvis in our stack and, and rowdy in our stack so we're going to be different enough like if our pitchers get there i mean i, I think we're on to something here i think trout for sure should be the first guy though yeah, Trout's the one who I would say is the best pure projection guy on the board, so I'm okay with that. Uh, like I what said, time we're not, are we going to on this show anyways? We, we got only about have nine minutes. minutes. We got about nine minutes. We're good. We're good. We got time. Yeah, so then uh, we got a third base and a catcher spot open. Uh, let's run Let's run real quick, though. We only got through about two stacks. Let's take a look at some of these other, other teams yeah. and who they're facing. Tell me if – if anybody stands out to you there, if that's a stack you want or if there's a one-off in there, Tampa Bay gets the next highest nod against Chad Bettis in Tampa Bay. Man, for me, I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough ballpark. Yeah, I mean, I know I get repetitive during baseball, but you, these parks mean so much to me. I just don't – I don't like stacking in tough parks. I know a lot of people are going to like the, the Seattle Angels game tonight too. That park just always kills me. I feel like there's never hardly never runs in that park. And same thing with Tampa. Like Bettis, Bettis was sneaky decent last year too at times. Tampa Bay just I don't know. This is another reason why I kind of like that Toronto stack with lesser bottom of the lineup type guys tonight. Because a lot of these other stacks just don't do it for me. I mean, look at this lineup from Tampa Bay. It's the third stack of the night. People are actually going to use this stack. I mean, do you like it? I mean, you got Austin Meadows, J-Man Choi, Brandon Lowe. I mean, I hate these guys. I do not necessarily like that stack. So, and I don't, it's crazy that they got the third highest uh, Vegas line on it, but. It Why is, is it so high? I don't know. I guess they're not giving Chad Bettis much respect, but. but they like Tampa Bay's only minus 140. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't like Tampa. I don't know, but. uh I probably would. I'd probably pass on that. But the next up is the fourth. There, there's our guy, Mike Trout, right here. It's uh, L.A. with the fourth highest team total against Felix Hernandez. I love Trout. I love the stack in general for L.A. I think, I think Felix might still get a little bit of name recognition, but he's not. He's not a very good pitcher anymore. I like it. I like the Angels. So I think we got the best hitter on the board tonight already on our team, Mike Trout. Uh, then next up, now this one's interesting. We got our boy too. Like I, for, you're you're on the BVP train with me, right? Sure. Uh, so the as the baseball season goes, we fall into everything where we get comfortable. Like we said, starting the show where you know, 
kind of you get a better feel for it early in the year though sometimes you forget but one of them in my head i know for sure trout owns felix 31 <laughs> for 83 eight bombs 20 ribbies you got four doubles he's hitting 373 huge sample over him he owns king king felix so easy money right there easy, easy money. money next up i we- own but easy money yeah, well, we're good with that because we're 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 so low owned elsewhere that we're going to be all right. Uh, the Angels. The Look Angels. at this lineup, Chop. Which one? The Angels. Like it is. It's it's awful. Let me take a look here. I mean, it's terrible. So at the top, it's decent. Calhoun, Trout, Boar. I love the Boar pickup. Oh, yeah, Even yeah. Simmons. But look at five to nine. Yeah, it is bad. It is bad. Poor, poor Trout's getting wasted out there in L.A., but that's all right. Look how mean? bad that – and people are going to stack this team. That's why you can get an edge in baseball. Like, the Angels lineup is total trash tonight. It is. It's That's the way it's going to be, though, for the rest of the year. They suck. But uh, Boston at Oakland taking on Aaron Brooks, the former Rockets point guard, Aaron Brooks. But <laughs> he switched sports on us? I don't know what to Is make he still of that. like four foot eight, 120 pounds? With a nasty goatee, man. He still got it. But I don't know, man. Boston, uh, it's a big ballpark. Uh, that really contains a lot of that power. But it is Boston. They're pretty good. I don't know. What do you think about them? Yeah, so Boston, every single slate is going to be popular just because of just their lineup. Their lineup is one of the best in baseball. But then you take it a step further, a huge ballpark, like you said. They're only a 130 favorite. They got to go against an old basketball pitcher here, Aaron Brooks. I mean, that's never a good thing. But I don't know. Like, I just don't – so teams like Boston all year long – I'm not usually going to stack them on the road as much in big ballparks. Sure, when they go to Texas in the summer, when they go to good ballparks, I'll be all about them. But if you get a huge down par- downshift in park, like from Boston to Oakland, I don't think they get accounted for as much. People are still going to own them. I'm just not going to play Boston in a huge ballpark when I can play a different team lower owned. Yeah, I can't. I can get behind that. Next up, I know it now, sounds like I don't like anyone either, but I kind of don't like that many teams tonight besides Toronto. Well, no, it's a weird slate. I mean, and we're we talked about the pitching already. It's just a weird, weird slate, man. So, like, there's only we're going to go through two more of these teams real quick, and then after that, I wouldn't. Then the big team totals really fall off. So, I don't, but the next team on the board, I do want to, I do want your opinion on L.A. L.A. Dodgers. They look like they got some firepower this year. They're taking on Drew Pomerantz. Pretty big name, kind of, you know. He was a prospect at one time, but, well, these guys got some thump in their lineup here. They're sitting down here in the middle of the pack with team total. What's your thoughts on the Dodgers stack tonight? So this is the second – this would be my second choice for – really, I I seriously only like – it might change by the time the lineup lock comes, but as of right now, I only like two teams, and I like Toronto way more than the Dodgers, but – so the Dodgers are for sure my number two. I love these lefty mashers too. I mean, I, I know you, you you like these lefty guys too. Like if they bet, we don't have a lineup yet, but Kiki somewhere towards the top of the lineup. I like it. David Freeze, if he's in there, Pollock is a nice addition this year. Chris Taylor always hits lefties good. You got a lot of, and this team, I mean, how many home runs did they hit this weekend? Like freaking home runs. It they, felt like opening they were massive. And you said it, man, just boy, I don't know about tonight, but or maybe a little bit tonight. But going forward, 
against left-handers. This is going to be a team I, I'm stacking a lot. Look at those, those names in there are just crazy good, man. It just looks looks so good. But uh, I, this particular lineup, we've already got our stack, so I can't use it. But I do like it. I do like it a lot. I'm with you. Then the last team that I would I'm looking at is uh, Seattle against Chris Stratton. About a 4.4, 4.45 total there for team total for Seattle. They're okay. They're not really jumping off the charts to me, but they're all right. But after them, there's a pretty big gap there in, in team totals. And, and then we're starting to get to guys that I really don't want to stack against. So let's, I want to circle back to our Yahoo lineup now. I've still got two spots open, a catcher and a third base. Looks like we're one-offing guys and, and such. So let's, let's look at third base. Whew, we got Chris Bryant out there against a left-hander tonight. We could go that. We could go Nolan Arenado, always a threat. And uh, we could go Turner against the left-hander, Justin Turner. We just talked. Or we can even go back to that Astros lineup and get their best hitter, Alex Bregman, in there against uh, – in, in that little, little bitty old Texas ballpark. I don't know what you would do with our third base here. Yeah, so with the way we're building a team, I know it's going to be chalkier than – than it than it normally would be with what we like but some of those guys we're playing I don't think are going to be owned so we're going to be different enough to where I'm okay with going and we're going to leave a ton of salary on top of it so I think Bregman like we're going to have yeah. Trout in the outfield and Bregman we're going to have the two best players it gives us one Houston guy to where if he does most of the damage for that chalk stack then we'd have that too I know it's chalky, but I, I like our team to where I think we're different enough to where we could still win a tournament. I think it, either Bregman or Justin Turner would be. Maybe Justin Turner to get us a Dodgers guy. Well, I will put Bregman in there because he's an Astro, but I, I get you. Get it, I'm good with Bregman. Get him well, in there. I'm good. I'm, I get your point, though. We, you know, one off and one guy from a stack and hoping that that's the guy who does it from yeah. these high team totals, I think that's a good way to go. That's going to leave us a catcher spot with all the money on the board. I mean, we can have anybody. How much do we have left at catcher? We have 49 bucks. Yeah. We got anybody. In the, in right. we, we could even put Buster Posey on there if you really twisted my arm and made, and made me do it. But, I mean, we could take I already anybody. got our catcher, though. Like, I know yeah. who the winner is. Okay, who's the winner? Give it to me. Wilson Ramos versus Lefty. Okay. You know what? You know why he's that's – He's going against our pitcher. That's why – the thing I was about to say was he's 14 bucks. That's an expensive catcher, more or less. Guys go cheap at catcher. That's automatically going to be a little bit different right there, having a little uh, catcher who's expensive. because He's going to get our pitcher, too, which I actually don't mind as much as other people because when he hits that bomb and it's the only run our guy gives up, we're just we're, we're massive. Yeah, we're good. So it basically, at this point, we could take that 35. We could switch up, Kayla. If we really wanted to, we could have a – we could go up a few dollars at pitcher. I don't mind that. We could do whatever we want, but – we're up against the time here. We're up against the, the clock here. So I think that's going to round out our lineup. I may go back in here and change. I mean, we left 35 bucks on the table. We're, we're yeah, different. We're not, yeah, we're winning. Put that team in there. That's we're the winner there. circle. Hit but enter. There's a lot of different things. You could, you could, you know. Can you imagine paying $14 for Buster Posey? Like, imagine that. Imagine that world. The world we live in, man. People are going to do it, but we're good. So, with that, guys, uh, I think we're going to sign off out of here and let Dean come on and take care of his business. So uh, until next time, guys, good luck in all those GPPs. I'm Head Chopper, that's Big T, and we're out of here.
John Sarabian. My username is JSURab across all sites. Um, I've been doing uh, Roto Grinders, Grinders live shows for the past year now. So this site I played on was DraftKings and I won just over 100K. The contest was, I think, the Mega 600K, which was a $600 entry. Um, I had three lineups, I think, into it, and I had Jared Allen, who was like 5% owned, who was like the big key. He put up almost 60 fantasy points. I had James Harden, who had like 80 or 90. It was just one of those lineups where it just put together real well, and I got you know lucky on a few Draymond Green threes at the end of the uh, late night game which sealed the deal for me. Really what I was looking at was the night was very chalky. I, I remember Harden in my head, he was projected around like 40 or 50% ownership and, and that's exactly what I thought that he would be and he was exactly 50% um, and I knew that 50% at his usage and what he'd been doing was just too, too low and he should have been you know, 70 or 80. So I, I took that, you know, chalk 50%, and he was very expensive. So I had to take a few other chalk pieces. And then what I did is I found some low ownership in guys like Jared Allen and Draymond Green, whose prices were a little, you know, suppressed just from bad games or not getting enough minutes. Um, you know, for Draymond, it was, you know, shooting woes. He, you know, he was terrible from the field the last, like, five games, I can remember. He didn't score, like, double digits or something like that. So. Um, but I just knew, like, you know, these guys have the ceiling, and, you know, that was kind of my strategy, and they ended up hitting. Like I said, both of them went for over 50, and, uh, you know, needing Draymond Green to hit a three at the very end of a game to push you into first is, God pushed that ball in, I swear. So, <laughs> I don't know, but I was watching, and, and I closed my eyes when he took the three. <laughs> So yeah, I differentiated for, for about two to three spots um, on that lineup. And usually when it's a chalkier day, I try to only do two or three because those chalk pieces are normally really good plays. Um, fading like the chalk, I do when there's like one or two guys that are presumed chalk and there's not much else. And it's like, okay, everyone I know, like everyone is going to take this one or two guys. So they're going to be 60 to 70% owned. That's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to fade one of them and then take the one I like and then go from there. When there's five guys that are going to be like 30, 40, 50% owned, now it's like, okay, I could take a stand and fade them all, but that's probably silly because there's a reason why all five of these guys are very highly owned. So I'm going to take three or four and then differentiate in two or three spots and then take someone I really like, um, like a Harden or someone like that to finish it out. So how, how I decided was when I looked at the positions that were like the chalkier players, I'm pretty sure they were the guards and forwards. And so, like I said, I took Jared Allen in my center spot because um, I needed a center and he was cheap. And I saw with Hollis Jefferson out and a bunch of other guys out that he was going to play at least 30 minutes. I wasn't expecting the 40-minute, you know, overtime, I think it was, game against Houston where he put up, you know, 57. That's how I figured it out, though. I took the, the positions from the players that were going to be chalk, and I said, okay, well, if I'm going to have these guys in my lineup, then I have to differentiate at the forward or center spots. Where can I do that? So that's where I was just, you know, hunting for Draymond Green, who was cheaper that night, and, you know, 
the way I play is I'm more of a one to three lineup type of guy. I, you know, um, don't match center contests. That's just what's worked for me. I know that the, I know a bunch of people though that match center contests and it works for them. My successes all come from, you know, playing less lineups and really focusing on them and building them the way I want. Those guys aren't going away. You know what I mean? Like you, you can complain as much as you want, but they're going to still be there maxing out contests and really it's all about making the right combinations. Like I said, they're maxing out. They don't know what combinations they are. They're just running it through and hoping they have the right combinations from their player pool where even if you're making one to three lineups, you just have to have the right combinations and more focusing on, you know, your lineups as opposed to worrying about how many lineups, you know, player X has is, you know, that's the way to do it. You, you can't help what they do. You can only focus on what you can do. Lineup HQ is awesome. Um, I do love the projected ownership. I look at that every day. Um, Chris does a great job and, you know, I kind of base my thoughts, I take his thoughts from his ownership, and then I kind of put my own thoughts into it and kind of figure out ownership from there. Um, you know, sometimes there's stuff that I don't agree with, but that's with anything, you know what I mean? So you have to make those decisions on your own about a player. When you're entering a tournament, you know, there's a big difference when you're looking at ownership and you're taking a guy who you think could be 5% owned, but projected ownership has him higher. Um, so you got to really think about that, I think. It's a strategy people kind of don't. They just kind of look and whatever all, all these ownership projections are, they just go with it. And they really have to take that information and then also put their own thoughts into it and then come up with an answer. And I feel like for a lot of people, they just look and say like, okay, this is what everyone has. Now I'm just going to plug this in and then that's it, go from there. Well, no, you have to actually like think about it yourself and say, does this make sense? And a lot of times it does, because like I said, he does a great job. Your twist onto the projected ownership and then like, you know, using your player pool, which, you know, is why lineup HQ and, you know, using the filters and stuff like that. That's a great tool. You know, if I was entering 20 lineups or 10 lineups, I, I'd, that'd be the main main thing I use, you know what I mean? That, that'd be my favorite tool. Um, but because I only built three, I just more like to see the filters and see what, what other guys are, are saying, um, you know, in cash and GPP and what their thoughts are. Um, so that's what I mainly use that for. But for others, if they're entering multiple lineups and have, you know, 10, 20, 30 lineups, whatever, um, that, that would be my preferred tool by far. I think that the... The biggest mistake that people have when building those GPP lineups is that they think that to be different, they need to differentiate in almost all of their lineup. And it's not the case at all. When you build GPP lineups, honestly, you just want to take your core plays, like your four or five core plays, and you can say they're cash plays, you know, they're good plays, they're chalkier plays, whatever you want, but they're obviously, they're good plays for a reason. And then you differentiate in like two or three spots that with ownership, like on, like ownership projected. That's where ownership projection really comes in for tournaments. And I feel like people use it for like, okay, who's going to be the chalk guys? Who, like, but really, they should be looking at where are the guys that are like five to eight percent owned, and what, like why? 
Are their minutes down? Are they just not playing well? They're really good guys, especially in NBA, who go through droughts. Like Draymond Green's a perfect example, where like the guy couldn't shoot for like three weeks, couldn't make a shot, and his price would just go down because he was suffering fantasy wise. But like we've all seen him do it before, so it's a guy who you kind of want to stay on, and when his price gets to a certain point, where you're like, that's too cheap, you want to jump on it, especially at five percent owned in a tournament. And I feel like people don't look at it that way. They use ownership incorrectly in tournaments a lot of times. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. going on rotor grinders dean here at dean 7904 if you want to get all technical i mean it is it's 502 on the east coast 202 on the west coast 402 tennessee time uh, of course i'm just time for the flagship show here at rotor grinders it is called it's called grinders live it's sponsored by fancy draft and joining me today is one bobby five who stepped in for one grant to you know bobby uh grant my friend slash I, I thought we were friends but he was here this weekend we bonded i thought we bonded and then he saw, oh, I'm going to show with Dean. I'm just going to dip out. So, like, I don't know. I signals here, but I appreciate you uh, stepping up, Bobby. Thank you for joining the show. No, no problem. Uh, I think Grant, to be honest, is probably trying to avoid as much NBA as he can because he gets so locked into baseball. And this uh -huh. time of NBA, like, you need to – he's on the road all the time. Like, it's hard to keep track of everything that's happening in the NBA, and I've been sitting it just trying to do it all day. So, I understand it. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm ready for the people. I'm ready to talk ba basketball. I'm ready to talk some baseball at the end. I, I feel really prepared for this. I think we got a lot to get to, lot to get to. So if you want to do, you know, QQs in between or however it works for you guys in chat, like feel free to throw them out there. I'll try to get to what I can because it's a, it's a lot going on if you're a big BFS player today. Devin, our producer, had a, he has some teeth or he had teeth. He no longer has teeth. He had them pulled this weekend, but he, he's a questionable. He's a, he was a gamer. He's going to give it a go. I'm sure if he sees uh, questions there on YouTube, he uh, he copies, he pastes them, he throws them here in the RG chat. We'll try to get to them, especially if they're, uh, you know, partaking as far as our conversation. We're going game by game as far as basketball. If you're watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We much appreciate that. And also note, this is probably our time slot for the foreseeable future. Uh, if you guys are premium members at RG, you'll notice that crunch time is going to be extended 
Uh, it's going to start, I believe it's 15 after the hour, like 6.15 on the East Coast. And take you guys all off the lock uh, as far as baseball, usually like five after, seven after, even get a few minutes beyond that because they talk about things such as uh, ownership and they even answer some questions on games that haven't started just yet as well, too. Uh, tonight, I believe it was a three-man booth. It's such a, so much going down. You got Means, you got Rolf. Uh, he'll talk about the weather uh, uh, as far as what's going down weather-wise in baseball. And like you said, Bobby, we'll do our best to touch on baseball as well, too. We, uh, we drew the short straw talking basketball. I, uh, you know, I love NBA DFS. I love it. But I, I am not enthused talking about some of these players. But, uh, look, th- things could be worse. I'm not complaining for well, sure. We're going to go from two extremes and two in a minute, too. Like, if you play NBA DFS in the playoffs, which is, like, my favorite, you're playing all coaches and how they're going to re- react and adjust and everybody's only playing their best players. Now we have no idea. So it's sort of like a huge amount of variance that we – just have to choose to embrace. Um, we'll get into it on this slate. Yeah, now we have to pretend like we know who Walter Lemon Jr. is. And I, I don't know that. That's I'm, I'm told that's a person. And I I'm told. <laughs> Where did he play college? I assume you watched him in college. I have no clue. Okay, sure. Why not? Uh, I'm not going to call you. I, I have a machine I can type that into. I but think I'm not he's right. Really... I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100%. Do, uh, so do yeah, you I want have... the body parts? Like uh, this is a... I think do we go do it before each game or however you want to do it? Go ahead, do them all now. I, I mean, I haven't got it broken down by teams, and I okay. probably missed a guy. Okay. Uh, but we could do them by team. Well, I guess we can go by game by game body parts. Sure, why not? And again, we're gonna do our best to talk, touch on some baseball as well too, because I'm playing some baseball, I'm playing some basketball. Did the research? I've been up since like nine o'clock in the morning, Bobby. These the hybrid show, the crossover, the two sports. I woke up at nine. I'm digging into stuff. So, uh, man, life is rough. I was uh, up at seven, and I've done two lessons today, also on this slate so oh, oh, well, a lot okay. to talk about <laughs> <laughs> well so much for that uh i guess you've been much busier than i have uh worth noting by the sponsor the, of the show fantasy draft they bumped their slate back to uh 7 30 on the east coast they, they dropped the first game which i think was a good move just one game uh starts tips off with it on the you know, on the east coast uh you know seven o'clock and it buys you an extra half hour and there might there very well might be some news dropping from the seven to seven thirty period so fans draft doing you a favor there. Uh, and this first game's not particularly appealing either, is it, Bobby? It's Detroit versus Indiana. Uh, Indiana's what, a, a five-point favorite here against the Pacers. As far as my body parts, 204 is the total. That's not particularly appealing either. Uh, Blake Griffin is out. Uh, Langston Galloway had the fish. Luke Kennard was eating with them. Uh, they're both questionable. Neither felt particularly well. I think they both best shoot around two for what it's worth. Uh, and as far as the Indiana side, uh, got Tyreek Evans as a knee. He's questionable. Darren Collison's out with a groin and Wesley Matthews is out with a hammy. So um, like obviously not a particularly appealing pace uh, of this game. Two teams that are kind of sort of somewhat jockeying for position in the Eastern Conference. Detroit can still fall back. They theoretically can fall out of the playoffs, I suppose. Probably not going to happen. Um, yeah. So what jumps out for you in this game? Probably don't need it, but Don Maker, I think there actually is more upside than people realize. Like he had a lousy game the other day while playing minutes. This team overall doesn't have a whole lot of high usage players. So you could see Don being out there a little bit more. And, you know, you never know. Drummond might get in foul trouble. It just there's upside for him here and probably an interesting pivot off of some of the other chalk. I'm just going to check like what we have his ownership out. I won't I won't give it away, but I think it's sort of how you're going to have to value some of this chalk. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be one of the lower own. Uh, sorry, one of the lower own value plays. I don't mind taking a shot with it. It's it, look. It's not a great matchup. It's not a great situation. There are probably going to be a lot of missed shots, so there's some rebounding opportunity, but Drummond usually cleans those up. Um, it's not, I'm not, not excited about it. Just a guy who should be on the list if you're playing a lot of tournaments. Probably want to be ahead of the field on him because there's a lot of these value plays that are going to be very concentrated chalk, and 
I think we can find it. It's, yeah, Thon McKirk could play like between 27 and 31 minutes or so or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. He does fantasy stuff. He's a big guy who can hit threes. He can block shots. He can grab boards and he can dunk the ball. Um, so he absolutely, you know, in the right night, obviously not the best matchup here, not the best pacer against Indiana, but I think they will need his, I was going to say girth, but he's kind of a thin dude. They'll need his height. They can definitely use his height out there against the likes of Turner, Young, Sabonis. Uh, other pieces, do we care uh, if, like, if Kennard doesn't play? Do we pick, do we care if uh, Galloway doesn't play? Uh, you know, there's plenty of quote-unquote value plays out there. Uh, we're not going to sit here and throw darts at, uh, like, Little Dog, Glenn Robinson, or Ellington, or Brown, I don't think. I don't if think they were I am. Both out, I think Ellington is an interesting play. Um, missed a ton of shots. Didn't shoot the ball well the other night. Should be able, like, without – I mean, people, Blake Griffin, just because he didn't happen in the one game so far or one game sample size, the truth is all of these guys, except for Bruce Brown, will have some exposure in my lineup. Because there is an argument for all of them, but that's if Galloway and Kennard are out. Um, otherwise, I'm mostly just looking at uh, uh, McCurr and Drummond. I didn't even talk about Drummond, but I like Drummond and Jackson. Um, I think that they're, they're interesting plays. Depends on where the ownership's going to be, but Drummond is one of those guys who – you know, doesn't take up a guard spot. He's expensive. He should put up 50-plus fantasy points here um, in a slower-paced game even. This is an important game to both teams. So uh, I like Drummond, and I think Reggie Jackson just – there's enough upside at, at this price. Like, without Blake is another – you know, they need as many play playmakers as they can. So um, everybody's sort of, you know, in play, but not my highest priority on this slate. Not a good matchup. Theoretically, you're spending up at center today. Uh, Vuk, Drummond, Cat, rank them. I, I'm actually going with Vooch. Um, I initially thought he was going to be the lowest owned. I don't know where we've got it right now. I would be happy to side to let that be the differentiator between he and Drummond because I think Drummond is the, is the better play. But I think that I thought Vooch would be significantly lower owned. Looks like we don't have that as being the case right now. I would still bet in the higher buy-in tournaments that he does end up higher owned. Um, but I think I, I think Vooch like he's been great against this team. I know they're different with Gasol there. It's a must-win for them. You can expect him to get force-fed a lot. It's close, but uh, let ownership uh, be the factor, deciding factor for me. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, as far as the overall slate, people are going to spend down as far as big men. We'll talk with Rashawn Holmes uh, and Robinson. That makes sense, right? We'll talk about those guys soon enough. But I don't know if people are going to spend up at center. Is that something people are doing? Uh, it's something that I mean, I'm just saying it's an option. Like other, anything other than point guard, anything other than guard spending up makes a lot of sense today um, just because there's a lot of guards. <laughs> Okay, so the chief guards, Corey jo the Corey Joseph experiment, not a very good fantasy point meta player, but, you know, with uh, Indiana being thin at guard, even if, like, Tyreek goes, but, like, especially if Tyreek doesn't go, or if Tyreek does go, well, what's your thought as far as the cheapies on the Pacers as far as Evans and Joseph? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this one, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think this – this is the one I thought Joseph would, would come in well lower owned than Lemon, which I think he will, but I don't think we have that adjusted yet. Um, and I don't mind him as either a pivot or to play him alongside. And then you can't, the thing about Tyreek is he does have this small forward eligibility. So I had a thought that he was going to be the higher owned by far. We don't have that as the case right now. I think that will be the case in the end. But for me, like the projections are so crazy depending on what system you look at today because no one really knows what's going to happen. I well, think Evans it, is also questionable, too, so that, I'm sure that factors into the percentages. Yeah, it, is, it does. But also, like, even the minutes versus point per minute, like, for all across all projection systems are just all over the place today, from what I've seen. <laughs> um, but Corey Joseph, anyway, is, uh, I think, a little bit safer. I think it's interesting that Tyreek Evans, like, once in the last two years has gotten there in one of these spots, and we're, because he used to do it every time, we're, like, excited about the opportunity. 
I do think he would get a boost if he's starting in this lineup because it does help him not to play with Sabonis, who's a more of a usage guy. So it's weird for me, man. I'm having a little bit of trouble with it, to be honest with you, because they do want to win this game. It's important. They're at home. They should probably win this game. But I don't know if they're going to do it like – I don't know. If I, if I felt like they could control the game, I would even take, have interest in Holiday. For me, I would give Corey Joseph a slight edge over Tyreek Evans because of ownership. But they both make sense as plays. I probably won't play them a lot together unless I'm running Drummond and uh, Jackson or something in the lineup. Yeah, I just saw a question in chat. Like, if Tyreek doesn't go, I think a holiday would be kind of interesting. He's basically still minimum. It's a question of, like, how much do you need him, basically, right? And at some point, raw points are going to matter because you're, inevitably you're probably going to build a fair amount of, uh, you know, stars and scrubs lineups and just hope your scrubs get there. Uh, anything else that's worth talking about as far as this game, or shall we move on and talk about the Magic and the Raptors? Let's talk about the Magic and Raptors. 215 and a half is the total. The Raptors are seven-point favorites. Like you said, the Magic have all the incentive of the world. They want to make the playoffs. Uh, Raptors, of course, a tough, tough opponent. Kawhi is expected back tonight. Um, I think that they're full a go. Are they not as far as Toronto? Let's, uh, I, I didn't break my body. I, I broke them down by game. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Kawhi expected back. As far as Orlando, Orlando's healthy, right? I'm not missing anybody. I'm like, again, like, I did not format it correctly as far as game by game, as far as my body parts. But I think we're all good to go on both sides, correct? Yeah. Um, that's what, as far as we know right now. So yeah. that makes this game really easy and quick and move a long game for us. Uh, Lucevic, Terrence Ross as a wild card. That's it. And I like Terrence Ross as a completely off the board play that no one's, but there's a few other guys that are at the same exact price that no one's going to play that I think are all interesting. Um, not just saying because the narrative of going back to Toronto, if there's any chance they, you know, try and stay in this game, you think he'd get some extra run tonight, probably get some extra shots up if he's got it going. There's just upside for him at this price. Um, even in a tough matchup, I mean, Toronto still has been playing pretty fast lately. I, I think this is a good spot to take a shot on him, but mostly it's just Luch. Yeah, we had the conversation on pre-show as far as Toronto, like in their incentive, and it's they're in this weird spot where, of course, they're jockeying for position, but you know, with only so many games left, they're three games behind Milwaukee. They're what, three or four games in front of Philadelphia. They're basically sort of locked in uh, that two spot, I suppose. In theory, they can jump up to the one, uh, but like we saw them like randomly rest in Siakam for no particular reason, and. You know, they've been kind of sort of coasting for a while now, it seems. And I think they've been just, you know, they're, they're playing the long game. And they're just, uh, they have a deep roster. And it's not a great matchup against Orlando. If they're all going to play, at least that's how we feel right now. Things may change. Uh, you don't need to play any of them. That's kind of where we're at. We're moving on. Yeah, do you want to come back to this Milwaukee game, hoping we might have some information later? That's a good idea. Uh, we may. <laughs> I don't know if we will. But uh, last time out, that Milwaukee game was really, really goofy. Let's talk about Miami and Boston. 212 and a half is a total. Uh, this game starts with 7.30 on the East Coast. Miami and other team, you know, doing their best to make the playoffs. Six points uh, dogs tonight against Boston. As far as Miami, they're thin as well, too. Uh, Derek Jones is expected back from his personal issue. Uh, Justice Winslow still out with the fish. He literally had well, food poisoning. I'm not sure if it was fish. He's not playing. Josh Richardson's not playing. Magruder's out as well. As far as the Boston sign, Eric Baines is questionable. Uh, Kyrie expected to play with his back. Horford expected to play with his knee. Uh, Boston's kind of sort of like Toronto, right? If everybody's going to play, we don't care. Especially, you know, just cross them off the list, especially if you're playing against Miami. I guess if Baines doesn't play, does that – again, I don't know how much we need, like, a Tice on this slate. I don't think it's necessary. I suppose he can get there. Uh, but, yeah, it doesn't seem necessary, right? No, this is easy. Kyrie is a good tournament play. Um, that's basically my level of interest in this game. I definitely understand if you want to take a shot on – the other over 
not overpriced, the high, the priced up Miami players um, who are now just probably priced appropriately. Dragic? I think, I think the only one, I, I, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I would do that personally. Um, but I do think that I would take a shot. It's a total home run hero shot. Look, it's only just with Whiteside you can do that, take that shot every now and then. But that's hmm. the only, it's the only guy you take some tournament shots with. Even that, it's not a high priority for me. It's Kyrie in this game and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, you could you could say the minutes are trending up for Whiteside, but, like, they had to, right? Because they started at 2, 4, 12, and 17 the last four games. Uh, yeah, I mean, the price is adjusted somewhat, but it is – that's uh, – Godly put up 39, though. <laughs> well, he's a great fantasy appointment player, absolutely. Uh, it's just, like, a matter of how the game kind of goes. Like, I could, you know, if they get down and he comes back and he leads a charge back, like, he could play 30 minutes. It's possible. It's just unlikely. I, w- I was going to say it wouldn't hurt if, uh, you know, Baines doesn't play. It makes it a little easier. You know, Baines can clog up that middle, but maybe I disagree. They- I think it's better if Baines plays. Well, uh, the, the second part is, is like that might kick him off the court if Baines doesn't play. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, it's kind of a, you know, it doesn't really work out either way. So you want the worst matchup with a better chance of getting more minutes, I suppose. Yeah. I don't think the matchup matters at all anyway for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're moving on, right? Yep. Good. Uh, Chicago, New York. Oh, this is a fun one. Two fourteen and a half is the total. Chicago as a four point dog to the Knicks. Really, the Knicks are four point favorites. Uh, they went to uh, they went an eight man rotation last game in New York. Good for them. Out of nowhere, Luke Cornett went absolutely bananas. Uh, Robinson went absolutely bananas as well. Uh, who got a DNP? The center, uh, John Jordan. John Jordan's a free agent. I, I I I would guess if he doesn't start tonight, maybe he doesn't play again. I don't know. Uh, I can't tell you what New York's doing from game to game. I can't tell you Bonley's out with an ankle. Uh, Traer's out as well for, uh, with his calf and DeAndre Jordan. I have him at questionable for possible rest. I don't know. Uh, Chicago, Levine is out. Dunn is out. Markkinen's out. Uh, and there's a person, Walter Lemon Jr. looks like they want to give him a look. He's going to draw the start, and they're projecting he's going to score about 30 minutes or so, and it's a good matchup. So this is our chalk. <laughs> Walter, yeah, like, Lemon. why is he not even more chalk? Do we have we updated? Let me check the ownership updates. Like, why is he not like seventy percent owned? Well, because nobody, eighty percent of the people just heard this, this heard the existence of this person. It doesn't matter. It's, they'll get onto it. Like, especially a, you know, I don't know. I can't see how the argument for fading him is is a weird one. Um, you can play Joseph over him. It's interesting. Yeah. Probably has less upside. Probably has some more. Sin. I don't think he's safe for that. That's weird. It's like it's like a weird situation. Um, yeah, man, I, it's, I I'm I'm struggling with this one to be honest with you because I don't know why. It's like I'm just trying to find excuses not to play him, so I'm going to fade him. No, especially where his owner, where we have his ownership now. If if I start to think it ends up like in the 60, 70 percent range, which is where I think it should be, um, that changes things. But right now, he's not going to. He be- also got five stocks last game, but like for what it's worth, like that's probably not going to continue going. What's going to happen against the Knicks? Like, he's going to get less than five. I'm going to guess. I'll take the under and five. He also will probably play more minutes than he played in the last game. or More than 31. He, he, well, he'll go into the game with more of the intention. He didn't start the last one, did he? I'm pretty I sure don't he, believe so. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least should, should give him more upside for minutes anyway. Um, look, dude, he's going to play 30 minutes. He's 3K in a great matchup. What are we really talking about? I don't care who it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's gonna bounce about he's gonna bounce basketball, shoot basketball, he's gonna be on the court for 30 minutes or so, he's facing the Knicks, and uh I, it doesn't matter that I've never heard of the guy. 
there's a, I guess there's a risk they could totally switch things up, you know, like they did last time. Like we were all into the, I was into Blakeney and all the other guys. And- Arch Diakono. Well, I think they want to see what they have in Lemon. They know what they have in Arch Diakono, right? They want to give Lemon a longer look. I think that's the they argument. Maybe though? Look, uh, again. I'm just saying. Maybe. I, I'm not going to say no. Lemon I don't know. He has more upside at this point of his career than Lemon does by a long shot. Lemon's <laughs> already, Lemon, Lemon graduated in like 14 or 15, I think. Really? He's like 26 years old. Yeah, he's not a, he's not, I don't know if they want to see what they have with this guy. It's a weird thing, but he is starting. He's going to play minutes. The only thing is if things are going one way or I don't know what way they would have to be because they want to lose, but I don't know. I could see them somehow playing the other guys. That's your only argument for a pivot. Um, well, you say they want to lose. Uh, I, I'm pulling up. As, the Knicks have essentially locked down the one, uh, the number one spot as far as the lottery. They have 14 losses. The next team has is Phoenix with 17. Like New York's not one of three games the rest of the way. Uh, Cleveland's at 19, and then Chicago's at 21. And then there's like nobody else. So like Chicago has to hope for Cleveland to lose two games and then not, not to win. You know, like the, the not winning probably is going to take care of itself. But I think Chicago's basically where they are where they are, right? Like unless Cleveland wins a couple games. Um, other pieces on Chicago that are interesting, and besides Lemon, is he the He's the most appealing guy, right? Yeah, it's him. Uh, you could take a shot on Samson, but I, we've seen that guy. We sort of know that story. Same with TLC. Um, Blakeney and Archie, if they were still the same price, I would go back to them or I'd be considering it more. I could see it spreading out in this game a little bit. And I'm just saying it's something to be concerned about. The one thing is, Lemon, we have him as a point guard. The truth is this guy played forward in college. Like, he's a he – Really? He's rangy. He's a little bit more in the in the Harrison. I mean, he's not big enough, but he can actually, like – I don't know. He's – He's uh, athletic enough, I guess I would say, to, uh, to play other positions as well. So sort of like Samson. They're all sort of similar that way, though, except for Blakeney and Archie are really true one-twos. Is Harrison just too expensive now? Like, he's even yes. if he puts up 35 or 40 points, it's like, okay, it's kind of what he's supposed to put up. Not enough on this slate. Yeah. Um, how about the New York side? Like, Oh, Rob, it's Robinson's 21st birthday, by the way. Like, speaking of stocks, uh, Robinson's 21st birthday versus the Bulls drew the start last time. Cornette drew the start as well. Uh, they had an eight-man rotation, I believe, in New York. Again, I don't know that's going to happen again, but if it does, those guys can absolutely crush. The, the prices have not fully adjusted to that that, that type of scenario. Uh, love, love, love Robinson. Um, yeah, I like it could definitely go the wrong way. He's a guy that can be super handsy, but like, who's going to get him in foul trouble in Chicago? Like Robin Lopez? I mean, I guess I suppose he could find some fouls, but... Yeah, he'll find some. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. I think that at, at you know, at that price, on this slate, on that ownership, I think that I'm looking more to be a little bit beneath the field, especially in my higher buy-in tournaments. Um, I get it, but I also think that there's this could fluctuate a little bit. I would I would go more with the with the cornet just because he's so much cheaper. He can get there so easy, so much easier. Um, not to mention like he's going to be way lower owned, which is so weird to think, but he really is. Cornette you're talking about? Yeah. You don't think people are just going to play them both? I think Robinson will be, will be more heavily owned, but I think people are going to play both possibly. Sure. But like we talked about some other value. Um, as of right now, Cornette is in the lower end of where we have of, of the projections of that, that, that value. So just kind of interesting. Uh, just got an RG alert. Joseph and Evans confirmed as starters. So I guess that, that means Tyreek's in. Yeah. Is that you want to give another thought as far as Tyreek starting? Uh, I think that they're both good plays. It's just about weighing them against this value. For me, um, I would rather take a shot on fading uh, Tyreek if he gets if the ownership gets above like 40 percent. 
and it could. Um, and also, I would, I, I think that with Joseph, I would definitely be less interested if he's again around forty percent. I don't think he will be. I think he'll be more in the twenty to fifteen to twenty percent range, um, depending on what have, what people decide to do with Lemon. But um, it's just weighing the, the value. So they're all they're, right now. I've got all of them. I've got Lemon like seventy percent. And I currently have the other two about 35 to 40%. What are you doing? Are you, are you scripting today? You're making like three lineups? So what's, what's your way of attack? Most, mostly just playing one big lineup on each side. And then, because I've got a lot of baseball stuff too. But then I also scripted like 20 lineups and entered it into a bunch of smaller stuff. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at with my, but like right now, Lemon and Lemon is on my main team. Neither of the other two are as of right now, because I pivoted just because I wanted to try and get off of what I thought would be crazy chalk. If it doesn't go back, I'll go back to one of those two instead of my other guy who I'll mention in a little bit. Anybody else that's worth talking about as far as this game? Is that the, you're talking about this game you're referencing or another game? It's in another game. But can you move it on? Or not? Yeah, I like can move on. Yeah, I mean, the Moody, I, I suppose. Well, go ahead. Kadeem Allen is kind of interesting yeah. as a pivot to the other guys. And Dennis Smith Jr. is the weirdest pivot that could end up like, why didn't we just play him? Like, I, we don't know what they're going to do with minutes. Like you said, like we've seen this happen when he was starting and Moody was on the bench. Obviously, he's more part of their future than Moutier is. They're playing at home. If he gets going and the crowd gets excited or gets one of, like, a big – it's weird this time of year. You have to sort of, like, try and guess how it's going to, you know – he could end up being the, playing, like, the rest of the game. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we've seen him play close to 40 minutes with New York. We haven't seen it in a while, obviously. But uh... but what a great what a great GPP play where no one has him. And that, that – like, it's just – the upside is massive. So his last six games, 37 minutes, 32, 39, 25, 20, 18. Trending in the wrong direction. Sure. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I, I'm just not that ambitious. I, but I get it. Of course, if he plays 35 minutes, he's going to smack because the price is adjusted as well, too. I'm not saying he's this great play. I'm just saying as a tournament play, what if he just plays 30 minutes? He's going to put up 30 fantasy points probably in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, but you'll take the under and 30 straight up, but you're, you're just saying nobody's going to own him. Yeah, basically. but there's also upside for 38. <laughs> like, he, he could miss the first – he might start. We don't even know yet. They haven't announced the starting lineup yet. I, look, I, I, anything is it's, – it's, this is Kevin Garnett time, man. Anything is possible as far as DFS. Let's knock out a couple questions in chat. We're going to talk about Portland, Minnesota in a second, but we haven't talked about these teams just yet. But Josh Jackson versus Holmes, for me, it's Holmes, and it's not very close. So – has, has Rashawn Holmes ever played more than 24 minutes in a game? Like, I'm a huge Rashawn Holmes guy. I play him probably – he's like – I think I played him in like 80% of my fans lineups this year. Like, and, he, and he got me there like three times, and those were great. Um, or actually, he got me there more than that. But uh, as a Was that a rhetorical player, question? I feel like he's cracked that many minutes. Probably not 30. Mm. I, yeah, I, I can't remember it. And they have no motivation to – they only that, – that, that game is a massive wanting to lose. Uh Holmes increases their prob win probability probably more than uh, Josh Jackson, even though Jackson is more part of their future. I think I would go Jackson over home over Holmes, considering ownership. Also, yeah, we're not there yet, but I wonder uh, who do they start? Do they start Jackson instead of Bender, and Holmes starts alongside him? No, I think you could play Ben. You could start Bender and Holmes. Why not? Okay, so they don't start Jackson. I don't know how much it matters. I, I, I honestly don't know what they'll do. That's a good question. I think Bender is a sleeper, also, and we'll get to that game. But Bender's just a horrendous fan. Right. He'll play 38 minutes and still not get there. Yeah, I liked him better when there was a chance Holmes was going to miss. Then he would have to get at least some rebounds. <laughs> anyway. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, we have our, our producer, Devin, uh, taking some questions there. And, of course, if there's any questions in the regular uh, Rudder Runners chat, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Much appreciate that. 
So Jackson versus Holmes, I guess we're split on that. I prefer Holmes over Jackson. How about Simmons versus Harris? No, no, it's not that I don't. I prefer Holmes as a tournament play. I would rather go Jackson. I think Fair. he's going to have significantly lower ownership. And I also think that there is something to be worried. Like, if it gets too crazy chalky on Holmes, you got to be careful. Like, we'll get to that game, but it's like it, there's a chance he just plays 20 minutes again. Like, there's no reason they need him to stay out there. It's not like they need anything. They want to lose this game. This is a, That's the must-lose of the night, that game. So we'll get to it. Uh, as far as Simmons versus Harris, it's Ben Simmons versus Toby, I assume. Different like price points. Price points, and, and honestly, so for me, I would prefer – I guess I prefer Harris because they need to win. They don't need – this win means that's, – that's another team that has absolutely nothing to play for tonight. They're locked in. They're locked in the three spot, and that's it. They're locked in, yeah. It's not going to change. Which so, is somewhat concerning for me as far as playing too many guys on, on Philadelphia. I, if this was a week ago, I would literally be stacking up Philly and figuring out the value elsewhere. Um, that's it. Anyway. Yeah, like there's a question in chat. Tobias is a lock with no Embiid and Butler, and in theory he is. Like, but it's a little concerning. Like, like they don't have any reason to push Tobias. Why would he have to play more than like 28 minutes or 26 minutes? Like, why do anything with these guys? Like, this is the Just time. It's their standard routine or whatever. But like, they shouldn't. Uh, they're still like five it's or six. Not their standard routine because they're missing Butler and Embiid already. They've played a lot of games. These guys haven't been missing games, so it's not like they're fresh. Like. I don't know. This is an interesting – it's an interesting one. You're making an argument for, like, Bolden and Mike Scott, which is not a terrible argument. Bolden is a really good argument, and so is Scott, actually. Um, but I just don't know if it's the right slate for Scott for me. But I think Bolden, like – this guy just put up 40 fantasy points, and now no one's going to play him? TLC or Burke in the chat. You can't play TLC over Burke, right? If you're playing one of those two, it's got to be Burke. Definitely Burke. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump back to the game-by-game breakdown. Again, we're going to do our best to save some time for baseball, or at least some questions. If you guys want to sprinkle some baseball, feel free to do so uh, once we knock out the NBA slate. Portland and Minnesota, 226 is the total. Minnesota is a three-point uh, dog. Um, yeah, so we have money to spend on Lillard. Is he one of our big spends today or not so much? Yes. Okay. Um, Lillard is the is one of the top plays, I think. Uh, Minnesota's defense has been just tragic. Uh, <laughs> awful. The Portland's still playing for something. Minnesota's playing at home, so you think they'd play – I'm not sure what happened the other night with Towns when they didn't play him in that overtime. I literally couldn't figure out what was going on, which worried. Because I, um, I liked the idea of playing Lillard in an unowned or a low-owned Towns, but I think it's just going to end up being Lillard for me in this game. Um, Cantor? So the other guys who are in my script, I have like 5% of Cantor. I have like 10% of Harkless, 10% of Aminu. Um I'm seeing if there's anyone else. Uh, there's nobody else in my script on Portland. What about Minnesota? How much cat? Cat, I've got it 20% right now, but it's a, I mean, I, th- I thought that would be making an ownership play on a guy that was going to be un- overlooked a little bit. That's not going to be the case. Um, I think I'm going to try and get a little bit low, more below the field. The, the thing with cat that worries me is that like these, I don't know what happened in that game against that. That was an overtime game. That was a, like, why would you sit him? I know he had foul trouble before that, but like, so I sort of could justify that. But these last couple games have made it sort of nerve wracking. Like, even when he did play minutes, they haven't exactly been running the offense through him. Uh, I know Cantor's a terrible defensive player, but like, as a, mm-hmm. a culture, as a whole, I believe in culture as a defense for a team. And they've been good against the position this year. And I'm not saying that, that means everything, but like, I don't know. Towns has not been the guy getting there. I feel like Lillard is a better play than Towns. Uh, I will have some Towns, but probably below the field. But like speaking to your Minnesota horrific defense of late, they, I just pulled up the 
Uh, last 15 games, and they are the worst team in all of basketball when it comes to defensive rating by 0.5 points, just in front of Cleveland, and a point and a half better than the Bulls. So, yeah, they've been bad. Uh, anything else that's worth talking about? Like, you know, we're not – look, Okogis and Jones and Sharich, it's, uh, those are all secondary, right? They they in the script? Yeah, no, they're they're in the script. Ten uh, percent for for Kogi. That's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it for the rest of. Them. I think I have Jones in a lineup or two because I could see it playing differently where Bayless doesn't get the run. And if it was a tiny slate with a different value, we'd be talking about Bayless as a potential take a guy to take a shot on. But nothing else for this uh, for this slate for me. I, I mean, look, if Wiggins ends up in a lineup of mine or two, it's just going to be because I like this game in the total and. I want to target guys who have no ownership, but they're none of nobody's a priority. Still waiting for a Milwaukee news. Unfortunately, nothing just yet. Hopefully we get it before we step aside and get out of here. If we don't, I'm sure crunch time will cover it. Uh, Philadelphia, the aforementioned 76ers are in Dallas. 218 is the total there. Five point favorites. Uh, Luka Doncic currently questionable uh, as far as Philly. Uh, of course, Embiid's resting with his uh, load management and Butler is out with, uh, maybe he's got a back. He's got something. I have written down somewhere else, but in theory, like we talked about, that would open things up for Simmons. That would open things up for Harris. Uh, Bolden's going to draw the start. He shined last time out. Uh, Redick should play, you know, close to 30-ish minutes or so and, be, you know, get a little bit more usage. But the tricky part, of course, is, you know, like Redick is a veteran. He's, there's, these are some vets out there. They're, they're playing really for nothing. Like in, in Philadelphia, should, in theory, be playing the long game. Uh, we've seen nothing is to speculate that would suggest those guys are going to push back. But logic tells us they should be pushed back. So what are we doing here? Maybe play like a couple of the studs or none of the studs? Like just kind of guess their approach? I'm not playing any – any. Uh, I, I, the, the ben Simmons will be in a lineup or two. Harris will be in a lineup or two. I'm not playing – paying up for these guys for the most part. Uh, I, I just – it's weird when they have nothing to play for. And there's a lot of bodies on this team. Like they can play 12 guys legitimately if they want to. Um, it's not like they're out of bodies. They just – I'm not, I'm not going there. I, I think that Simmons is fine. I don't see why you would push him plus beyond his regular, like even, I think, I don't even know why he'd play as many as his regular minutes, to be honest with you. Um, Simmons is a good play. He's a great play. He grades out as an amazing play. Yeah. The price and all that stuff. But it's, I, I think that there's a little bit of fool's gold. It, just in that I could see it, it being a take it easy game. I could see, you know, this is a, also kind of a pretty bad team on the other side. Like a guy like James Ennis could get hot or Mike Scott could get hot. For me, I'm looking at mostly Bolden and, and a little bit of Scott in this game. I want to mention a really off-the-board one. Um, well, there's two. Both McConnell and Boban, like one of those guys I could see having a big game in this spot. I, I just feel like maybe I'm giving the Sixers no credit and they're going to play everybody a bunch of minutes. But I just feel like they don't need to. And I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not going to do it on this slate. But they still might, though. It's, it's pure speculation. It is. But, like, it's worth maybe speculating on FanDuel when there's such obvious value elsewhere, but, like, squeezing one extra guy in for Boban. Like, just as a shot, I know it seems crazy, but it makes some sense. Like, so just use him as a complete fund. Like, and just have, you'll have a differentiating lineup at worst. You know what I mean? The, these other value plays are mostly going to get there. Yeah. Um, trying to see who – that's the thing. Like, projection models are going to tell you that, like, Simmons is a great play, Harris is a great play, but there's no context to those projection models. And right. we're trying to add context, but we're also guessing. We might be we might be adding too much, yeah. And I, I'm aware of that. I'm just saying the way that I'm choosing the build. But I, I like Simmons is a great play. Like, yeah, obviously, it can be scary to try to be logical about it. Sometimes is the, is the tricky part. And uh, I don't I don't know which way I'm going to go with it. To be perfectly honest, because I can see both both scenarios happening. Uh, by the way, Boban versus Salah Mejri could be a lot of fun to watch. Right? Let's watch that. Let's see that go down for a few minutes. Uh, what's yeah. your take as far as Dallas? 
you know, presumably no Luka Doncic, you know, does that open things up enough for, for a guy like Brunson? We talked about Trey Burke, uh, who should get some extra run as well, too. How necessary are these Dallas guys? Um, I think that you can, I think Trey Burke is really interesting. He's the guy who I would prioritize. Um, the ownership will be low enough. The guy's a chucker. Uh, he's always going to be chucking when he's out there. I don't know exactly how many minutes he's going to end up with tonight, but I would guess that it would be, why do we have him projected at only 20? That seems crazy. Well, it's, it's fluid. They're, they're tinkering with it. You know, the team's all over it, I'm sure. But uh, as we get closer to lock, the numbers become more precise, I imagine. Okay. I hope, I mean, maybe, but it seems like this is like, I feel like I keep feeling I'm missing something. Um, Cause Trey Burke, like if that's, if, if this owner, if this projection systems are really what everybody else is using and there, it is some danger. Cause there's actually other guards that could take up minutes here, but well, like, that's the thing. You only roster so many is, well, I mean, we talked about Joseph. We talked about Tyreek. We talked about lemon. Like there's always so many guards you can roster as well too. And also at some point you got to spend your money. You can't just roster a bunch of dudes that are 4k. So what if you, what if, what if they announced Trey Burke was starting? Well, yeah, I'm sure that would reflect in the ownership. It would spike up a bit. No, 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 I'm just saying, what do you, like, like, would you prefer him over those other guys, maybe? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I would have him over, like, Joseph. Jo- because Joseph, you know, he's got to get there through, like, just through sheer volume. And there's a chance Joseph doesn't necessarily play 30 minutes. We've seen him get kicked up, kicked up the court where, like, Tyreek just kind of runs the show. They have Holiday as well, too. Uh, you know, if he gets hot for whatever reason, they and again, don't have Joseph. a shooting guard anymore. <laughs> they don't have they don't have Wesley Matthews anymore, which makes a huge difference. That's yeah. Funny. Oh yeah, that's, that, that, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I think of those scenarios, Matthews was out there as well too. Yeah, that's why Evans and Kojo are better plays than I even want to give them credit for. It's just, it sucks. I don't want to play those. Well, games. he could play thirty minutes and just get completely lost as well. Like that that yeah. definitely could happen. I would play Burke over those guys if he was starting personally. Um, but it's close, like it's, uh, with Evans. But I think that uh because of the small forward eligibility, but I, I like Burke. Can Burke play 32 minutes tonight if Luka doesn't play? I think it's possible. I don't know yeah. that we can count on it, but it, it's certainly possible. But even at 20, 26, 28 minutes, like, he's going to chuck, especially with the guys they have out there. They don't have anybody to create. Like, well, if they get off to a bad start, like, you might see him come in and just try and light things up. And if he gets going, he can put up, you know, 40 to 60. We've seen him put up, like, 60 or 70 fantasy points before. That's crazy, but he has done it. Uh, anybody else that's worth talking about here? Powell, is he, is he doing anything for you? Or we're kind of moving on. A little bit of Brunson. That's about it. Uh, question in the chat uh, on Fandle, Cornette or Bolden? Both those guys are really good. If you can afford it, I think I think Cornette's the slightly better play. That's a tough one. Um, and then we'll have Holmes as well, too. As a, as a, I think he's 6'5 on Fandle. Yeah, I think that they're really close. I have both of them in a, in a couple of lineups on Fandle, um, a couple of the smaller ones. But I think I would probably go uh, – I guess I would go Cornette. No, I, I think I might go Bolden on FanDuel, actually. Yeah, I'm probably going to chop it or have shares of both. Maybe even play them both together. Just, uh, you know – I literally have them programmed the exact same on FanDuel. So, yeah. <laughs> so, just say that. Yeah, I mean, they're both really strong plays. It's a coin toss, and it's hard to separate. Who is, like, the safer of the two, and who's got a higher upside? Can you, can you say that? The safer is probably – that's really weird because neither I, of them are actually safe. Um, Holden's like safer to get to 20 but like Cornette is safer to get to 30 but not safe at all to get to 30 so it's kind of a weird situation they just both have like 8 to 10x upside and in reality should we we should expect them to play minutes for some reason we don't have any hardly any minutes projected for Bolden either and 
maybe that'll happen, but I don't see why it should be any different than the last game, especially with another body out. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So Bolton should play like what, 26, 28? Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm not really sure what, what projection you have, but that's kind of my head up bigger around, around there. That's 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 our that's our that's our RG projection. And other sites I've seen have had similar ones that were low. Uh, let's see. Wait, we still have them at that? 21 minutes, yeah. Oh, no. That's 21? That seems low. No, that, that's what we had them at earlier, but I don't have it in front of me right now, so actually. I'm... They probably adjusted it with him starting. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, Utah, 219.5 is the total. Utah is a nine. Uh, I'm sorry, 11-point favor here. Uh, is this a catch-me-up game? Can you talk me in anything here? It's the same situation that I talked to you about the other day. Um, Char- Charlotte is not te- technically out of it yet. I think mm-hmm. that you- – Look, there's limited guys to spend up on who are going to be low-owned. You've got Kyrie and Kemba, so I like the idea of playing Kyrie and Kemba in a lineup with some of this value that we've talked about. The problem is a lot of those value, values at guard, so you'd have to use some of the forward value that we talked about. Um, but I like the uh, I like the idea of playing Kemba just because I know he's been terrible the last couple of games. They've got smoked. They probably will get smoked again tonight. They didn't play minutes last night. They're still technically in the hunt, and he's still playing for he's playing for thirty million dollars, and he's playing for the playoffs. Those are two things that I think he's going to go out there for. Now, if they keep trapping him and, and getting the ball out of his hands with these other guys in the court, that could be a problem. But uh, I'm going to take a shot on Kemba. I, threes in the outside of the way you beat the Jazz anyway. We saw, you know, Bradley Beal and, and, and uh, Washington play him pretty tough last last week in this spot. Um, I just think that you can take a shot with Kemba. That's pretty much uh, pretty much it from the Charlotte side for me. I don't think this is a troll question. It's a great question, though. They asked you specifically. I might have an answer as well, too, but – who are your three favorite plays on Fandle, three, seven, and under? Oh, okay. So let me look at my lineups real quick. Is, uh, it Le- can... is Lemon one of them? I, I can help you out. I'll throw yeah, well, Lemon's in. obvious, though, like, isn't he? Well, is he one of your favorites? I mean, I, my favorites, I like to be a little more creative. I guess you, you, you take him, Tyreek, because um, point guard is stronger. I think Trey Burke is the sneaky one that I love. Thon McCurr, is he on the board? He's on the board, but I don't find, for some reason, I, he doesn't, didn't end up in my builds exactly. Yeah, I think the problem is, well, I mean, you talk about Boban, and I'd rather play Thon McCurr at center instead of Boban. I, I guess Boban's got a higher ceiling in theory, but, like, what's... No, that's a good point. I didn't realize that. Are they the same? Are they both 35, exactly? They're both center. Thon McCurr is 3-6. I think Boban uh, is probably 3-5. Yeah, I'm guessing. yeah I, like, I like McCurr then, actually. That's a really good way to go. Yeah, I, I'd prefer to build that way. Um, all right, let's move on. We got Crane trolling us in the chat talking about baseball. Matt Wieters is apparently doing something. He's at the plate. I remember having a game. I forgot there was even games going on, but yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a couple games going on, and let's let's knock out basketball so we can get over to baseball. All right. Well, we got two games. We got Cleveland Phoenix two twenty four and a half is a total. Phoenix is a two point favorite, so it's fairly high and it is tight. And uh, two dreadful teams, uh, of course. Uh, by the way, Derek Favors isn't playing for what it's worth as far as the body parts. Does that That's change a, things? Yeah, that is a thing, and no one's talked about it. Like and no Kyle Korver either for what it's worth. It. Yeah. Is that much less of a thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> – I mean, yeah, it, maybe Crowder or Ingles gets an extra minute or two if this game stays tight. Uh, how does favor effect, favors affect things in Utah? I, I think it helps Gobert and Crowder a ton. I, I, Crowder's going to get a lot of minutes tonight. If, if I'm going to play Kemba, why not run it back with Crowder and Gobert? Like, Gobert could put up 60 in this freaking game. Like, yeah. what are they going to do? And I didn't mention my other really, really sneaky guy. That's another – you're paying up a little bit more on FanDuel, but you can play him on DraftKings. Hernan Gomez was going to play a bunch of minutes the other night. They actually pulled him because the blowout got out of hand. Um, he had 20 – he played 20-some minutes. It was early in the third, and I think he had 28 fantasy points. He was going to get to 40-plus very likely, maybe even Who did they put in for him? Who mopped up? Like, you got you to save Hernan Gomez for who? I think they went small. I don't remember exactly okay. what it was. But I'm, not, I'm not sure who it was, to be honest with you. Um, 
actually they might have even gone back to Kaminsky or something. But I, but I think that he, as a wild card play, like that's an interesting on the other side. So I wouldn't even mind like a, a Hernan Gomez because they're going to need size with Gobert. It's got it's going to have to be Biombo and Hernan Gomez. I don't really see them leaving Kaminsky out there um, against Gobert. Just how is how is that going to work? Like I don't know. I don't see that working. So to me, I feel like you might get a little bit more extra run out of uh, Hernan Gomez tonight, and I don't mind he and he and Kemba with a Crowder Gobert little mini stack. Uh, Kuruk's available to play, by for what it's worth. We skipped that game as far as Milwaukee. The Phoenix side, Rashawn Holmes expected to start, start expected back from half. He had a migraine last time out. Tyler Johnson's still out with his knee. He's probably not going to play the rest of the season. And Josh Jackson expected back. He had fingers. He hurt himself high-fiving somebody. Did you hear that story? That's awesome. That's a, it seems like such a thing he would do, too. <laughs> That's not a guy I want on my DFS team. The guy who's got such fragile fingers that he can't high-five you with full force. Uh, Cleveland... There's been a supposedly the coach said that uh, that Love's not going to play, but like people still are, at, are are like apprehensive about ruling him out. Have you seen this? So, but- so the only reason it makes any difference, I have no reason to think he's going to play. No reason. I thought even if they were not like had him as in right now, I would project yeah. him like twenty minutes at most. So like I don't think there's any reason to play him, and I don't think he would just play twenty minutes. So I just think he's not going to play. And if he plays, it's not really going to hurt me because I don't think it's. I'm not going to b- bump up these other guys like I normally would. Um, I get the idea of playing Osman especially, but I really, they really need to lose. Like this is a, this is a loss that's going to change percentages. It's that time of year they're fighting each other. So it's a nerve wracking situation. I think the only guy I'm taking shots on is Larry Nance. Um, yeah. but even that, I don't feel good about it. Like, uh, I would feel really good if somehow Tristan Thompson was ruled out and then they started Marquise Chris and I could get my little, <laughs> Marquise Chris Revenge. Revenge uh, game, Marquise. How dare you cut me? I, I know I was terrible for you and cost you two first round picks. Was it a two uh, first round picks? I think so. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Terrible. Terrible. Thompson, by the way, is his minutes have grown the last four games where it's worth 15, 18, 21, 25. No. Yeah, look, you can't. Okay. I'm not playing this. I'm not going to play. I, I understand. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. Completely understand it. Absolutely not going to touch it. I understand why they wouldn't play him. I understand why they wouldn't push him. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits. Who knows? I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I can't say he's not going to not play. Wait. Yeah. Uh, I can't really say much <laughs> much definitive, uh, you know, projections as far as minutes. I guess we got to jump back to Milwaukee. We had nothing. We had a good strategy there, Bobby. But uh, unless you have anything else to say as far oh, we should talk about how great Devin Booker is, I guess, right? He's just like one of the best because I mean, we could trust he's going to score 50 points in the bucket, right? Who? Devin Booker. Oh, Devin Booker. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I don't know why you were jumping from that game so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, Devin Booker. Devin, no, I mean, I, so Devin Booker, if the ownership gets too high, I think that Lillard is the better straight-up play anyway than, than Booker. I think he's safer and has more upside. That sounds weird, but it's true. Like, like Booker is putting up, 50, you know, scoring 59 points and putting up 75 fantasy points. That's what you should be putting up if you score 59. I mean, that's, that's, that's lower than what you should be for 59 real-life points. He needs to score a ton of real-life points. He's probably going to. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that makes him that he should be twice the ownership of some of the other guys, which I don't think he's going as of right now, we don't have him at, but like, you know, could Kemba outscore him tonight at, at probably what was going to be a third, the ownership. Sure. So the only real argument for Booker is the, is the somewhat of the fade. And also like there's more volatility with it, with this and, and Jackson being back could potentially hurt him, even though Aiton being out should help him. Yeah. I do think Jackson being back could take soak up some of that usage. I love Jackson, by the way. Um, absolutely love him. And it's Jackson and, and then some Booker for me, but I don't think I would play them together on this slate. I, I like Jackson, but I prefer Holmes over him, but I get it. I hear you. 
And I think Booker's my favorite big spend of the slate. Is that is that a reasonable take, or where are you at as far as your favorite? Definitely, big definitely the, the the chalk take, uh, along with along with Giannis and Carl Anthony Towns. Apparently, well, you know who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's weird to me that like the other guys. I just think that I think that we just don't have an update yet, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just wrong. I have to accept it. Uh, Giannis and I want Giannis a ton. I plan to play him 60% today, hoping that other people would be nervous too. Um, now it seems like everyone's going to play him. Uh, I have with the, the chat is saying that Jalen is out, by the way, for what it's worth. Uh, Jalen Brown, I assume that is for Boston. Uh, I, I want to get official word in that. Uh, the app should be coming through any second now. We got about 13 minutes or so, Bobby, before you step aside and get out of here. We did it. I think we've done a good job talking about basketball. We've done a terrible job talking about baseball. I should say, if you guys want to hear baseball talk, the show previous to us, Chop, uh, and uh, and uh, and um, who was on with Chop? Tony, Big T, they, they, they talk baseball. I should have said at the top of the show, if you guys want to hear baseball stuff, um, we're going to do our best to knock out a few questions or so, obviously, but really tricky uh, with these hybrid shows. Soon enough, uh, we will talk baseball and baseball only, and uh, we have a whole new format mapped out for that, and we're going to give you guys a peek as far as our premium every single day and different uh, premium thing to focus on. It's going to be good times. Uh, as far as the Milwaukee-Brooklyn game, 228 is the total here, Bobby. Uh, Brooklyn is a one-point dog here, so I guess Vegas thinks that uh, Milwaukee's not going to roll out their eight-man <laughs> their eight-man rotation and have Timmy Frazier play uh, 53 minutes once again. Otherwise, Milwaukee would probably not be favored, so we're expecting some dudes back, maybe. I think they're all playing. It's just my personal take. They haven't locked up the one seed yet. The only argument against it is they play the same team at home in two days or three days. Like, if you really need to just win one more game, wouldn't you just do it at home? <laughs> That's the only thing that worries me. Other than that, if we, I, I'm just going to assume they're going to play. I mean, it's inevitable, right? That, well, what, there's a, let's see, five games left or three games up on the Raptors, but they're not going to lose for the next five, right? Yeah, and they also have the season series against the Raptors, too. But you okay, also so want to stay keep the guys in, in the flow. One thing you don't usually do is sit stars like back-to-back games and if they're actually totally healthy right before the playoffs. You don't want to get them out of their rhythm entirely. So um, if you don't have news on a site like, uh, well, Fantasy Draft, this game starts 730s, and that, that's where tip-off is. But like Fandle, a uh, half hour beforehand, you, you will throw out some Giannis knowing, just throw him, throw him in the dark and assume like he's going to play without any news at all. Yeah, completely. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. O, OG and Obi officially ruled out. Kawhi is going to play. And I saw the uh, Brown one is also ruled out, too, according to the uh, the old Runner Runners app. Get your push notifications. It's free. Have a good time with that. Uh, all right. So you like Giannis. Anybody else as far as Milwaukee? Then Bledsoe was dressed last game was just because they had to dress a certain number of players. He was, a, I, I guess, technically a DNPCB, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are we doing here as far as this game? Uh, the rest of the Bucks. Unless we hear anything, I'm not touching anybody else in the box. Brooklyn? I think that, uh, as, a, as a good friend reminded me today, that there is a – this is a sneaky – look, it seems like a terrible matchup because Brook Lopez dra- dragged him away. They've been destroyed by way too many centers the second half of the season. Uh, I think you take a shot on Jared Allen. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like, just because the upside is so huge for his price and you'll have zero ownership, that's it. I'm trying, uh, trying to get the chat to load up some questions. Devin, give us some questions. We've got 10 minutes. Give us some baseball. Uh, yeah, let's go baseball. I can talk about baseball, too. We can talk to you. Yeah. Um, you tell me your favorite pitchers tonight. This is the time of year. Oh, it's a lot of fun. You know, question. It's all fours and fives. We've got the fours and fives out there because the ones, twos, and threes have already gone. Uh, all of them have warts, right? Who has the least amount of warts? 
so the my I would love Strum. His I'm playing him on DraftKings um, and Fantasy Draft, even though he I hate all those pitchers to be honest with you. I don't feel great about any of them. I feel really good about picking on them though, which feels really fun. Okay. Um, Caleb Smith is probably one of the better plays. I like um, him too. Sean Reed Foley has some upside, but the price isn't great on DraftKings. I think I think Stephen Matz is probably one of the better safe plays, and that doesn't feel great. It would be Urias by a, a landslide, but it's okay. Uh, five and a third. I'm setting the over under. How many innings? Is, how many pitches? More? I'll go under. Yeah, I would too. I think he pitches five innings. I think five is like I think literally. I haven't talked to one Dodger person that has thought thinks he'll even necessarily go five. Like. Langston Galloway will attempt to give it a go. That's literally what it says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How about um? Oh, and Merrill Kelly. What about Merrill Kelly? What are your thoughts on this guy for some tournaments? I don't know much about Merrill Kelly, but I was reading about him, and apparently he kind of stunk in Korea, which is a problem. See, here's the thing, though. Every I'm always a sucker for first time through the, against major league hitters, or it, it, it tends to work. Like. I don't know. Um, I also heard that he had some decent stuff, like from some people who actually knew baseball in the spring, but maybe I'm reaching. I, I just, I have him. Uh, I don't think he, had, he didn't really compile a bunch of K's. Like he's cheap. The best argument for him is that you can load up on a, like a big stack or something like that. Right. And like none of the, none of these other pitchers, uh, the opportunity cost oh. is not great. Like shows not going to go out there and strike 10, strike out 10. You know, there, there, there's no Strasburg that's going to strike out 12. Uh, you're just trying to kind of sort of somewhat survive a pitcher. Right. Matt Strom could like shock us all and go out there and just, but I don't think it's probably, probably, you're probably right. Um, but Ryan Yarbrough is the other one. He's a better play actually than, uh, than the other guys I mentioned. Yeah, I like Yarbrough a ton. And I hope, I hope as it did a lot last year until people caught on towards the end that, it, that him not starting will affect his ownership because he's starting. You see on, on DK now they give him like a, a note that yeah. says like probable long reliever, like P L R next to him. Yeah. I like uh, that. You like that or you don't like that? I love it. I think, I mean, and you'd think I wouldn't, but I actually appreciate that DK is doing stuff to help people. Like, someday, someday is, you know, it won't be helping me mostly, but it'll, it's, it's a good thing that they should be doing anyway. Well, we saw last year, though, there were several times last year where we thought we, had, we knew who the probable long reliever was going to be, and it didn't happen. So it might tilt some people as well. Like, I understand the intentions are good. I'm just saying that, like, there's a chance that these, I'm not, not today. I'm not saying I suspect he's going to pitch uh, and come in basically after. Uh, after Trevor's story, he's going to come in. Stan X like the first four guys or something like that. Or maybe maybe uh, to face, yeah, you know, to face yeah. the man. And that's probably right. Which, I mean, it's, it's important to note, like that basically flips the the lineup. Maybe not, not McMahon. Maybe he'll wait to one more batter. They might give him, they might, they might, they may give him as much as, somewhere, it might be as much as two innings that he misses. You think, well, I mean, that's the thing though. He maybe, he, he pitches in the seventh or so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it gives, gives you a better chance to win. You can exactly. Argue. 100%. Yeah, and also like it flips the lineup where all of a sudden the, the seven, eight, nine guys or like the six, seven, eight, nine, depending on where he comes in, all of a sudden naturally lead hitter and Charlie Blackman's not the lead off hitter, so you see him less. Yeah, a little bit less interesting on Fando for these reasons that we're mentioning, and the fact that Matt Strom is too cheap over there. Lowry or Leonard? This is basketball. I don't really like either one just because Leonard. So they're both going to be low. Like what's crazy about Leonard is like I don't think that like anybody's going to play him at all, and I just think like whenever that happens for a guy who's you know, one of the higher end players, it's probably worth taking some shots, but I don't find him in any of my lineups. I'm, I'm more siding with Kyrie today. Got my old friend Ducky in the chat talking about his season long team. I feel like it's night sweats all over again. Uh, uh, back in 2015. Uh, favorite stack. Favorite stacks. Um, I'm sort of at a tie um, between three of them and I'm just trying to figure out how to differentiate. I love the Dodgers. Talk, right? 
yeah, Dodgers, Houston, and uh, as much as I hate to say it, Toronto again. Um, <laughs> but I think that, like, I feel a little bit better about them against this team in this kind of situation. I still don't feel great about it. So that, those are the guys I'm playing the most. I do feel like, uh, you know, the, there's Boston. There's a lot of stacks with, stacks with upside because I don't trust these pitchers. But those are the ones that are definitely my priorities. And I, I would just emphasize, like, I think you should be playing whatever lefties are in the Dodgers lineup when it comes out. Pomerantz historically has been like I know I know last last year uh, was a little different, but he historically has been just absolutely dominant against righties and been hit by lefties like his in his track record. Other than Pollock, I think I'm mostly siding with the Dodgers left uh, and some, Pollock and I mean look I'll have some of all of them, but the guys who I'm most interested in are Seager and Bellinger. I don't care if Bellinger's batting seventh when he's in a groove like this and he has just as much power against lefties if he's starting. So I think that's a way to differentiate when you're when you're building a. a chalkier stack is to play play multiple lefties against lefties. I would also say tread lightly if you're rostering that David Freeze is a very decent chance he gets the hook, the hook. Once Pomerantz comes out, he gets pinch hit for. Um, I really yeah. wish they were starting Muncie too. I would love to play him as well. I don't know if they are, but they I don't think they will. I just uh, checked it. It looks like the lineup is not official. Yeah, the Dodgers are always seem like one of the last teams as far as pumping out their lineup. And you said Toronto. Like, say it again? In the latest games. Well, you? yeah. I mean, sure. But I can't. You guys still can't watch Dodger games out there. Like, can you? Can you guys settle that deal? It's been like four years. We all what? have these like hijacked things and different <laughs> internet things that we all can watch it through our stuff. Like, my daughter was watching it because she had a, got a deal on her phone the other day. She could watch all the Dodger games for free on her phone. Like, that's this is how people are watching games. It's insane. Around. Yeah. It's been like it's like a four year standoff with like Time Warner or whoever it is. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Billy McKinney leading off for Toronto. You talk about the chalk there. David Hess is an absolute disaster. Uh, you know, I, like Toronto scuffle, but Hess uh, is just really, really bad. Uh, like when you're the fourth pitcher or the fifth pitcher of Baltimore, like when Andrew Cash is your, your number one, your your starter, uh, Hess 1.88 home runs per nine. Uh, you know, he, he yields plenty of homers. Of course, Toronto did this time of year. We like the uh, the conditions of it, like just 72 and whatever, because a lot of their, you know, weather is very important this time of year. And I, uh, the that ballpark is better now than it is like in two months when our places start heat up, obviously. A uh, couple more questions from the chat before we step aside again out here. Of course, again, apologies. We can't cover both baseball and basketball. We're doing our best to knock everything out. Uh, Bolden versus Holmes, DK Cash. I will take, uh, let's get some price points, but I think Holmes is the better play. The same price point. Is it? Okay, yeah, Holmes is the better play. Uh, Bolden for tournaments. Just going to throw that out there. Russell versus Simmons, which is kind of a funny question. Russell versus Ben D'Angelo. Um, yeah, I know. It's just, it is funny. Um, definitely, uh, I, I think I think Russell for tournaments, but Simmons is the better play, obviously. I don't know how to answer this question. Robinson versus Drummond. Like, it's just that just defines how you're building your lineup. That's the trickle-down effect or changes the next three players. Yeah, I think getting off of a chalker or chalkier Robinson. I love Robinson, and I think he was going to smash. But, like, he can even if he gets, like, 42 or something like that, you're still fine. Like, it's not going to – unless he puts up, like, 60, you're not going to get killed. So – I like the idea of taking a shot with the bigger guys um, who are going to be a little bit lower owned than they usually would be. Do you have a favorite game stack? I don't like the general concept. If it happens organically, so be it. And of course, if the weather conditions kind of force me there, but I don't feel like I have the game stack necessarily. Do you have a game stack you like? Well, you brought up that just real quickly before we get off. Like it's early season baseball, game stacking makes a lot less sense than it does later in the season. Um, especially like when teams' bullpens are beaten up and guys are coming out, they're having to, you know, pitch guys who never pitched, you know, things like that. And, you know, you have a feel for the hitters and the weather's hot and it's a lot better. It's time to stack later in the season, but 
I like a lot of stacks tonight. I like I just like mini stacks in this time of year more, especially on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I think it makes more sense to stack all four as much as possible. But I think that on DraftKings, three to five, it's either three or four instead of five, is often a better way to go unless you're playing maximum entry lineups because um, it's hard to differentiate that many times. And I like those three, two, two, one stacks or three, three, two stacks, things like that. Who's your guy in basketball? And give me a, a couple dudes that are going to homer in baseball. Apparently, my guy is Lemon because no one else is, seems to be as high on him as he's going to be popular. Of course, he is. It's just weird that no one else is really saying that. Um, I just think it's it's for basketball. What I'm mostly doing on my big lineups, uh, just going to take a shot with some of these these uh, lower lower projected owned big guys, or just varying in a couple spots from some of the chalk which we talked about earlier. So, like Trey Burke is an interesting pivot guy from the other chalk. I think Vucevic gets too little ownership tonight. Um, those guys, uh, depending whoever we think is going to be lower owned between Cornette, um, obviously Holmes is going to be higher owned, but Cornette and uh, Bolden, just trying to take stances on that and then just taking a bunch of shots on, uh, you know, Kemba Walker. I, d- I don't feel like I can say anything safely, except for that this is a good time to embrace variance in basketball and listen to the guys we mentioned, but like it is really going to end up interesting about lineup construction. We still don't have the most important news of the day yet. Couple dongs. A uh, couple dongs. We're going to get uh, Cody Bellinger if he's in the lineup. If not, I'll just leave it at Seeger. And then I'm going to say uh, Matt Chapman and Chris Davis. Which way is across the board? All the Chris Davises or just one specifically? K, K Davis. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the cheat code. Uh, just, in case, just in case the Baltimore one actually actually hits the ball. All right, we got to step aside. We got to get out of here. Here's Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. We enjoyed it. Thank you for stepping in for Grant Valiantly. Stay tuned for crunch time. They'll be talking about both baseball and basketball, I believe. Thank you, you guys. Uh, past 7 o'clock up to like 7.10-ish, give or take. We're off, of course. We'll knock out any weather concerns that may be lurking. He's Bobby. I'm Dean. Enjoy your basketball and baseball tonight. We're out of here. Holla.